following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, how are we doing today? Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope everybody enjoyed a lot of turkey and ate well and had time with their family. It was a wonderful Thanksgiving for me. I had a, I, I smoked my first, well, not smoked my first turkey, but I, I smoked a turkey breast. The first one I smoked was unsuccessful a couple weeks ago because the, the, the dark meat turned out a little dry. So this time I just did a breast and it turned out great. It was fantastic. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was really good found a really good brine i just want to point out and i'm not trying this is like not even like somebody who who is a sponsor of the pot or anything like that but but lane's barbecue lane's barbecue man if you're ever looking for like a good uh uh, brine for your turkey if you're like ever going to be like smoking a turkey lane's barbecue their turkey brine is fantastic i enjoyed that a lot so i i used that on the turkey and it it was just it was fantastic i i really had a good time and um I, I might just smoke a turkey breast every year moving forward. That might just, as well. Yeah, that might be how it goes. Um, but, yeah, folks, we we had ourselves a wonderful Thanksgiving. It is a rivalry week in college football between uh, Ohio State and Michigan. So I've got that one in the background right now. It's actually a pretty good time. I uh, had to move the studio a little bit, which is just craziness in itself. But we uh, we've been moving the studio. And uh, upstairs, so that's been been an adventure, and you know, so. But at the end of the day, we're still getting it in. We're still getting it done. This one comes a little late because we did have three games on Thursday for the uh, Thanksgiving games. Um, and and I'll just uh, say just before we we get started here, we we did take the honor system here. We we do know who we took. We had the exact same picks. It was. We picked Bears, Cowboys, Bills, and uh, we went. Both of us went two and one in that situation on uh, Thursday night football. So uh, we'll jump into those games next week when we actually go over the scores. But uh, Tyler, we've got some scores around the league for last week. We've got uh, some news around the league, more injury news than anything. We did out of a couple signings. Um, we, we've got our forgotten five, and, and uh, I actually. I sent you my uh, my rookie rankings, and uh, I, I I feel like I probably set your like shook your world up with with my rookie rankings, particularly in my top four. Um, so you I, I I probably shook everything up pretty it's, heavily there. It, a lot of things stayed the same, but there's also a lot of crazy differences too. Yeah, there were some some there was some movement, uh, big movement this season. Man, I gotta tell you. It, the, these rookies, they, 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 some of them come on hot. And one thing I want to point out, and and something that that was sort of mentioned last week, um, one of them jumped onto my top ten this week that that you had mentioned I didn't have on my top ten, and I, I had him uh, ranked lower in the outside looking in. Um, a lot of these rookies, we get uh, they they don't perform really really well at the beginning of the season. And one guy, you know, jumped on really, really late 
and has come on really late recently. And and looking over the rookie rankings, he did wind up on my list. But uh, one, it's it's kind of incredible how some of these rookies they don't perform well early on in the season, and we've seen that. And then they come on late when at a time when their talents and the things that they're doing late um, don't carry as much weight as they do early on in the season. Uh, and and right now that's that's kind of what we've been seeing. Some guys digging themselves out of the hole a little bit and starting to show up on the top 10 or show up on the outside looking in. So we, we've got some stuff with that. I, I'm pretty excited for, for actually my rookie rankings this week because there was some heavy movement um, for as far as mine go. And um, yeah, but for now, Tyler, we got scores to jump into week 11. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Here's our scores for week 11 Patriots and the Falcons. We went over this last week, but we'll go over it again. Thursday night football, Patriots just dominate the Falcons. Is Matt Ryan just falling apart at this point? I mean, he's he needs to go to a different team. Am I right? He definitely needs to go to another team, but there is shades that have shown that, that Matt Ryan's kind of fallen off a little bit, and maybe it's just that he's frustrated with the team he's on because mentality is part of it. But right now, I don't know. They, uh, the Patriots put up 25 unanswered points, you could say. Um, yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, it was a pounding from the from the get. It was just a beating, and it's not even that Mac Jones played like phenomenal, like 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 off the charts football. He played good game managing, mistake free football. Yeah, and that that's exactly what it was. I mean, he didn't have it, it wasn't anything major right home about. But one thing about Mac Jones, yeah, he's he's not putting up these huge yardage number numbers. In some weeks, like this past week, he was or this week he wasn't putting up these big touchdown numbers, but. His accuracy is just through the roof every week. I mean, look at this, 22 for 26. I mean, that's that's wild. And you don't see that very much. And I understand, you know, he, he's not chucking the ball real deep down the field a lot of times. He's, But that's, that's a Belichick system. That's what Belichick did for years with Tom Brady. And so Mac Jones suddenly seems to be the fit for the uh, – for the Patriots in, in a way that, yeah, this is the Belichick system. I mean, is that, doesn't he seem like just the perfect fit at this point? He's the, he's the perfect candidate to run that Belichick system. Yep. That's, I agree. Uh, next up Sunday or on a Sunday, we, we jumped into our early games. Texans beat the Titans in a stunning upset, 22 to 13. Uh, Titans were missing a lot of weapons on that field, but Ryan Tannehill did not throw, look good throwing four picks in this game. Uh, the Texans, I feel like they're a different team with Tyrod Taylor on the field, don't you? I I, I think I think they are. I, I think they really are. I mean, they're not a team that's going to go and win games. I think this was more about what Titans didn't do versus what Texans did. I agree. I agree with that. And they one one thing that they did not do is uh, stop Tyrod Taylor from running with the ball. I mean, no. he, he he makes plays with his legs, uh, and and he's always been capable of doing that. And Tyrod got it done here. So the Texans advance to two and eight. Titans fall to eight and three. Kind of a surprising little turn of events there. I think your Super Bowl. Well, it's it's weird because if they get in the playoffs, you're talking about Henry being back. But in the short term, I, I think the, the the brakes are falling off this Titans team. Yeah, I, I think the wheels are falling off there. But they, I I do think they still wind up making the playoffs. I mean, there's no reason why this Titan team. Oh no! They'll, I think it's going to be like a back your way in type of situation. They're not, they're not going to be like seven or anything, but I think they had too many wins where they're going to miss the playoffs. But I do not think they're going to get the bye. 
I do not I, think they're going to win their division. I don't think they get the bye. And but then we got to see what happens because you know, and, and the I mean, AJ Brown has been hurt and Julio Jones has been hurt and you know, I mean, obviously the big one, you know, and Derrick Henry being gone. I, there's there's been a lot of uh, and the Titans somehow have been pulling out these wins um, in spite of that. I think Ryan Tannehill had himself a really rough day at the office. I think, uh, you know, the Titans, they're going to have to figure it out, uh, you know, going into next week or, or well, tomorrow. We're, we're recording this on a Saturday. He, he's going to have to figure it out in order to continue to keep the Titans relevant in this conference. I think they're going to wind up with the five or six seed. I think they're already losing this division. They're losing their grasp on it. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I think you're going to see this one, that that specific division, because of the way the Titans are trending, I think you're going to see that specific division wind up coming down to the wire when we get you know toward week 17, week 18. You're going to see that 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 division be like, okay, this is going to be a game where, where we're playing it out on you know Thursday night football for the division or Sunday night football for the division. You're going to see that happen on prime time. I, I think that's coming. Uh, next up, you got the Ravens beating the Bears 16 to 13. Lamar Jackson does not play in this game. Uh, he was out with an illness, but the Ravens still get the win. I mean, in a close one against the Bears, 16 to 13. But the fact that they were able to beat the Bears with the backup quarterback, I think, says a lot about this Ravens football team, don't you? I do. I, I do. It. The, they're they're not the best team on the field, but I think the difference here. I and, and I, I think coaching is a big part of it. I think this team plays better than than they are at times, and I think a lot of that com- comes back to Harbaugh and Huntley didn't. He didn't blow the roof off the place, but he, he played good, relatively mistake-free football. He had, he had the one pick, but he, he played good enough, and, and they and he he's the right quarterback for this team to be behind the mark. I agree with that. I agree with that. For years, you guys had the, like the RG3s of the world, and, and I, I don't think, and, and really, you guys had had let Trace McSorley go, and he's gone and gotten signed since then. But and I, and I think McSorley could still be good, but McSorley doesn't replicate this offense the same way Huntley can. Yeah, and and Huntley Huntley is a little bit of a uh, little bit of a veteran. He's been around for a hot minute. No, it's the second year, bud. You're, you're thinking you're thinking Brett Huntley. Brett Huntley. Oh, I'm thinking of Brett. My fault. Yeah, he was undrafted last season. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Huntley, is, I mean, he played well. I, he, he played incredibly well um, in this in this Ravens scheme. I mean, like you said, he didn't blow the doors he off. Put up 40 yards rushing. So, so I mean, he's he's doing that same. That, that you don't got to change anything with, with the offense, which is important when you got have have, to have a backup quarterback come in, especially in a, in a situation where he didn't find out he was going to be starting until the plane ride. Yeah, yeah. Until Lamar was curled up in the fetal position, throwing up on himself on the plane, apparently. In uh, in. The Ravens. I mean, you're you're probably going to have Lamar back this week. Uh, he said he was about 120 percent sure that he was going to play. But hey, you still got a win over the the hapless Bears. Um, and and are the Bears? I mean, the wheels are obviously falling off here for the Bears, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that I think they're well. Not only is their season basically done, but I think the the Bears. There's a lot of work to be done, not from not just from a coaching perspective, and we'll we'll jump into the Matt Nagy saga in a little bit. But uh, th- there's a lot of issues there with management and Matt Nagy, and I think the Bears might be pretty close to one of the worst organizations in football, don't you? 
I I agree. I yeah. agree. I, I think they're they're a terrible organization to play for. It's I, uh, I mean it's not as bad as the Jets, but I mean we're we're talking we're Jets. talking rotten apples and rotten oranges here. Yeah, but at least the Jets are getting better. I mean the the Jets are and, they though? Here's my thing. You know the Jets they. I, I think Robert Saleh, even though he hasn't had a, a tremendous, a very good season at all, I think Robert Saleh might be the right coach for that place. And and seeing the way he coaches and the way he handles things and the certain things that he does, I do think that the Jets are on the right track. I think, you know, they're kind of like the Lions. I think they've got the right guy at the head coaching position. I just think they need the personnel. And and I think that the Jets organization, they they – you know, when they hired, you know, cracked out Adam Gase, um, you know, I think there was a, a, a world of desperation there. And I would have never hired Adam Gase in the first place because he wasn't good in the NFL when he originally came in. So, you know, I, I don't buy Adam Gase, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Robert Saleh, I, I think he's the proper coach for, the, for, for that team. I just want to see if they can, you know, put it all together. Um, that that's just what it comes down to. But as far as I mean, you don't have situations like you have in Chicago with with the Jets, where you have a pissing match between uh, upper management and co- the coaching staff about you need to start this quarterback over that quarterback, and you know uh, I'm I, them saying that they're going to fire. And we can jump into Matt Nagy stuff real quick, where they say they're going to fire him before before uh, the Thanksgiving game even happens. Regardless of whether or not you know they win, lose, or draw, and the timeline of that's just been so weird. Is he's not he's going to play through Thanksgiving? We gone as going to be before. Now they're saying they 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 don't plan on letting him go before the season. Who, what are you guys doing? Yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense. So I mean, uh, do I think right now the the Bears organization is kind of a, a laughing stock at this point? I think I think they're they're a bunch of idiots, and and. The, 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 you know, we, we saw problems with the Jets, yeah, but I don't think we saw problems like this with the Jets. I think may, people just kind of backed up and said, Adam Gase is the problem. And and now we're hearing, you know, uh, over in, in Chicago, well, management is saying this and, and they want him to do this. And they're telling, you know, the chairman of the board is over here saying you need to start this quarterback and do this instead. It's very Jerry Jones-like. I mean, it's it's a, a a much bigger issue over there in Chicago, and we'll we'll continue diving into that in a little bit. But you know, I, I think that that Chicago right now is is in all kinds of turmoil, and um, they're they're lucky they got the win on Thursday because if they hadn't, then well, Matt Nagy is because if he hadn't, then he would have been gone. Um, next up, you got the Eagles and the Saints. Eagles go over in this game, forty to twenty nine. You know, a little surprising the situation. I think I took the Eagles in this game. I'm not sure. We both did. What was that? We both took the Eagles. Yeah. uh, Jalen Hurts, three rushing touchdowns on the day. You know, I don't think Jalen Hurts is figuring it out from a a quarterback standpoint, but he's sort of in that, like, poor man's Lamar Jackson neighborhood. I mean, where he's just running the ball a lot and kind of doing his thing. Am I right? Yeah, a statistic on this came actually came out that um through 15 starts, um his stat line for both passing and rushing is very identical to Lamar's. Mm-hmm. So like, it, very it, identical to a lot of Lamar's uh, 
part that'll be part of Lamar's uh, MVP season too. But I, to me, I think there's just a different aggression level, I guess. Yeah, I, I think I think Lamar is obviously clearly the better quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts. You you were I'm I'm going to tell you you were right. Mark your calendars, folks. Uh, last week, that that when you said that Hertz is finding his footing, I think he really is now. You know, I, I, I do believe that Hertz could grow into a uh, a uh, top tier level quarterback. He's he's making the right strides. I, I think he's he doesn't have the same same team that Lamar had defense, especially to kind of help him grow and have room to make errors. But he um he's improved his uh, completion percentage by ten percent. Right. So, I I do think Hurts is figuring it out as much as much as I scream he's going to be a bust. Like, but he's he's digging himself out of that. Yeah, and and we're seeing a different uh, different Jalen Hurts I think at this point, which is is exciting um, for the Eagles anyway. Um, not so much for me because I hate the Eagles, but I digress. And uh, Saints defense, I mean, obviously they gave up gave up a ton, and uh, obviously Trevor Simeon had a had a tough day at the office here. Uh, I mean, it is. Do you think the Saints have an opportunity to make the playoffs here? Do you think that they're gonna they're gonna hang on? What What do you think? I mean, right now, I mean, after this game, they were five and five. Now, after Thanksgiving, they're five and six. Are, are the Saints basically cooked with Trevor Simeon at the they're helm? Done. They're done. They're, I think they're done too, um, unless of course they they put Taysom Hill. Won't matter. <laughs> I want to see what the kid can do. Won't matter. I mean, yeah, put him in, see what he can do, but I. I really don't think this was a case of uh, Simeon playing bad because he really didn't play terrible. I think the Saints' defense is kind of the brakes are kind of falling off there, and the not having weapons thing is, is a big part of it too. Well, the the problem with the the, the Saints' defense, they're a top defense in this league, which is why I'm surprised that the Eagles were able to drop a forty burger on. Them. You know, you that that was one of those those things where I went, huh? Because the Saints' defense, they have been very good. All year, and and suddenly there. I mean, I think they were there were a top ten defense this year so far. So the Eagles, I mean, kind of not made, having Kamara was huge too. Yeah, and that was a, obviously a big factor. Not having Alvin Kamara. I mean, Mark Ingram is good, but he's not Kamara. And I guess I guess my point is I, I don't necessarily think it's Simeon's fault exactly because he, he he isn't playing terrible. I mean, he, he had these he had a decent stat line this week. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, decent enough. Decent. I mean, 22 for 40. He did have two turnovers on the day. He only had 214 yards. I mean, did he have three touchdowns? Sure. I'd like to see the depth of those touchdowns. He did have a rushing touchdown, too. But, I, I mean... But his stat line's not significantly worse than what they already had with Winston. Eh, yeah, that. I mean, that would be fair. That'd be fair. I think, I think the big factor, as far as that goes, is just, you know, not having uh, Kamara on the field at that point, right? Yeah. I, I, I think you're, you're looking at a situation to where he, I mean, even even if you want to go, say Taysom Hill's the better quarterback than than, than Simeon, I think Taysom Hill would have had had a rough outing. I think I think hell I think Drew Brees would have had a rough outing with with the current offensive pieces you have. I don't know. Drew Brees is is a whole different animal. I don't know if that's true because it's just Drew Brees. True, <laughs> whole different animal. Um, but next up, uh, this one was the surprise of the week. Colts go out and beat the Bills 41-15. to 15. Big story here. Jonathan Taylor hit five touchdowns on the day. 
Tyler, I, I mean, you might be very, very right about this Colts team taking over their division. And, and the Bills right now, because of this, the Bills are in second place. I mean, and currently in a playoff spot, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the, the Colts are, I think the Colts hit a playoff spot. Bills are in second place, though, and, and they're also in a playoff spot. But, I mean, geez, oh, Pete's a huge turnaround for the Colts. And I, I believe that this is solely on the back of Jonathan Taylor at this point, especially these uh, last games. I disagree, even though I love JT. Um, yep, we're, we're on nickname terms now because he's helped me out in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Carson Wentz is playing very good football. I'm, I'm going to go as far as to say that Carson Wentz is playing the best he has his career, and that includes the 14-2 and two season. Well, I don't know about this last game. He's thrown two picks. Well, 11 for 20 for 106 yards and a touchdown. Well, yeah, this game was the JT show. But I'm yeah. saying before, up, before, up to this point, um, all, all, all the um, bad play that people have stepped in Carson Wentz, you, you, you can't use it. This season, he's, he's been lights out. I mean, and let's see, Carson Wentz, I mean, here's here's the thing about Carson. I think, I, I partially think you're right. I think he's hitting a lot of touchdowns, a lot of short-range stuff. But there are occasions where, where I have watched people, like, for example, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we saw, I mean, hell, against the Ravens. I mean, we, we saw him hit that short that short pass to Jonathan Taylor, and, and Jonathan Taylor makes something out of nothing and, and make it a 76-yard touchdown. And in that game... The Ravens against the Ravens was his highest stat line of the year with 402 yards. Is Wentz playing really good game managing football? Yeah. Is this is this his uh, is this his um, uh, season where he's just gonna gonna you know reveal that MVP caliber stuff that we saw back when he was at the Eagles? No. I mean his numbers are good. He's he's at 2484. But let's look at the numbers throughout every, from a week-to-week basis, and then you're, you'll kind of go, eh. For example, here, I'll just just yardage alone, 251, 247, not bad. Then we hit 194, 228. Then we have the big 402 game against the Ravens, 223, 150, 231, 272, 180, 106. There's a lot of... of Low end game managing football there, and then you know his his numbers look pretty as far as a touchdown to interception ratio. Is he playing game managing football? Yeah, I think he's probably the best game managing quarterback in all of football right now. But at the same time, though, um, when when Taylor is going off though, you're, you're, um, like a like a smart team would, you, you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna run that rock. Yeah, but gonna- when they when they've had to, and and the run game isn't quite going according how they want to or or to shoot out. Carson Wentz pulls through. He pulls through. I, I don't. I don't. And that I just don't buy Carson Wentz as as some sort of world beater, like he's going to be a, a franchise QB or anything like that. I think he's played well enough. And and like I said, game managing football. The numbers aren't aren't completely there for him. I mean, is he is he has he been accurate? Sure. Is he is he? And I think Michael Pittman also has emerged as. A very good receiver for them. I just don't. I don't completely buy Carson Wentz as a franchise QB here. Now, I believe that that Jonathan Taylor is sort of carrying this team. I think, and I also think that you're getting some some very good play from a guy like Naheem Hines as well. I think Naheem Hines, you know, out of nowhere, he'll he he's much. He's actually like a higher end Alexander Madison, where where he just 
he gets the ball and and he'll make some strange play with his legs, and or you'll be like, wow, look at him go. And uh, yeah, I, I think the Colts are are they're trending up, but this is obviously the JT show this For game, sure. and I think. But- but I do believe it, that that the Colts re-sign Carson Wentz to a long-term contract. You think so? You think it's going that route? In the range of about thirty million. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that would be a fair a fair price for him at that point, especially if they make the playoffs. Given where the market's at, I, I think it definitely is. I, but the conversation that we had a few weeks ago about do do you uh, bench Wentz for the sake of draft of, of a draft pick? I think we're well past that, and that that's a. Oh, now a dead topic. Yeah, it's a dead topic. Now, now they're they're heading toward playoffs and they're trending way up. I, I think I, I agree with you. I think that's a dead topic now. Um, next up, you got Lions losing a close one to the Browns, thirteen to ten. Lions fall to 0-9 and one. Browns jump up to six and five. The Lions are just and and this is like the third or fourth game that they've lost by a field goal or less. Baker Mayfield didn't play well. Nobody played well in this game. This game was an absolute shit show of a game. And, um, yeah, the Lions, I mean, this is this is typical Lions stuff, right? They're going to wind up with that number one overall pick, right? 100%. Yeah. I, I think they wind up with that number one overall pick. I think I think they're going to wind up in a situation where there's no doubt in my mind Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a Detroit Lion at this point. I, I think that's where we're headed. And, and the Lions need need to start the rebuild process, and they need to start getting Jared Goff some weapons. So, and, and really, it wouldn't surprise me if the Lions traded down from that position to get a couple of draft picks out of the whole situation so they can go and get weapons for Jared Goff. So they can get a Chris Olave or a Garrett Wilson something. But they have to make a move. So the Lions. And are the Browns, the rumor has it that they're, the Browns uh, team is turning against Baker Mayfield at this point. I mean... Are, are, would you be turning on Baker Mayfield now? I think it's too soon for that, but I see the reasoning. Yes. I think I, Baker Mayfield, on, on a year they had a lot of high expectations, is playing significantly under what he what he was hoping for. And his contract numbers, I mean, he probably still will be signed with the Browns unless these rumors are true, but that number is crashing. Yeah, I agree. I think he's, he's going to – personally, I, actually, I honestly think he's heading out the door. And I think him and him and the offensive coordinator are not getting along. And I also think that that um, Kevin Stefanski is realizing that this quarterback is only going to take you so far. If you're going to win football games with the Browns, you are going to have to run the ball. That's the only way you're winning football games here. Um, next up, you got the Packers losing a tough one to the Vikings. Uh, last minute field goal gets it one gets it done for the Vikings. Vikings 31 at 34 to 31. Easy for me to say. And, you know, Kirk Cousins played some of the best football I've seen him play in a while. He has been really great for the last two weeks. Uh, and, and everybody, you know, there, there's all those Kirk stands on Twitter that are going to be loving on Kirk Cousins. And, and, oh, you know, we should extend him. And da, da, da. You can't extend him. Financially, you can't extend him. It's just the reality, folks. You, you just got to gotta suck it up and you got to eat that reality that you can't re-sign Kirk Cousins unless he takes somewhere below $10 million a year because you still have eight players to sign, and you are losing a ton of huge starters. Kirk Cousins cannot be extended. That's why the Vikings are out looking for their future quarterback because they realize that they can't extend Kirk Cousins. Fact of the matter is, is that uh, Kirk Cousins, however, played this week very well. Aaron Rodgers had himself a hell of a game, too. 
it was was a, a fun back and forth one to watch, but the Vikings got it done in a, with a last minute field goal. I, How much PTSD did you have going to that field goal? You know, I, I was panicking going into the field goal. I, I said the Lord's prayer, uh, took a big swig of my beer. Uh, it was it was a lot, but really, so the way I look at it, it, this this game, there is a lot of Packers fans that are out there whining and complaining about referee calls and, and whatever the case may be, making every excuse in the world for why the Vikings lost this football game. They are refusing to let their team, this is very Detroit Lions-esque, they're refusing to let their team take responsibility for a loss. I want to make something abundantly clear. First of all, the Packers are the last team to that, that should be calling for the refs' heads in any way, shape, or form. Those refs have been so far up your ass for years and a so far up Aaron Rodgers' ass, Mr. Sweetheart of the NFL, for years that they could smell what the Packers had for lunch. So I don't want to hear diddly shit about referees uh, when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, you know, I'm going to commend the referees because they did their job. They're, they're 29th in, in penalties this year. Right. They did their job for the first time all year and, and actually called penalties. And even then, they still missed a penalty on Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers called a fake timeout and then ran a play. That should have been a penalty in itself. They should have called that play dead. The, the fake timeout? Really? Is this what we're doing now? You're just going to allow them to, to call fake timeouts? Because at that, that point, it should have been a penalty for a delay of game. So... Or the play should have been called dead. So, I mean, they, they clearly, you know, the Packers still got away with ones in this, but they were mad that they got penalized as much as they did in this game. And they honestly, they didn't play uh, a clear cut football. And, and you know, you had one of the uh, quarterback, the corner coach for Pat Green Bay come up to Paul Allen, who is the, uh, the play by play announcer for. Minnesota for the Vikings and and say oh you better not be talking into the mic on that post game show about uh, giving your team any credit no I'm going to give them credit because they whooped your ass and and you can go ahead and and I'm going to tell you the same thing that Paul Allen told you you can go ahead and stick Justin Jefferson on Eric Stokes for the rest of the year you can do it year over year over year over year over year over year. You know why? Because when Justin Jefferson was at LSU and Stokes was over there at, at uh, Alabama, Justin Jefferson dominated him. Dominated him. And the Packers went out and they, they stuck him on Justin Jefferson again. And Justin Jefferson dominated him again last year. And he dominated him again this, this, last, this last game here. Go ahead. Keep putting him on him. Because I want to see Justin Jefferson putting up 150 yards. He's going to burn him every time. And it was my pleasure to watch Justin Jefferson just kick the crap out of the Green Bay Packers and basically single-handedly dominate that football team. I mean, at the end of the day, and you know what? You know what, Kirk Cousins? I got to commend the guy. He took shots that I, I've almost never seen Kirk Cousins take. He took chances. I mean, it was amazing. His, his depth of target was almost double what I was bitching about a few weeks ago. I mean, how... <laughs> That was incredible. It was it, where was this Kirk Cousins? Where was this Kirk Cousins for for you know Kirktoberfest? You know, and so I mean, we may be entering Kirkvember 
I mean, do you think that Kirk... Well, November, November's over, but... What was that? November's over. Maybe maybe Kirk yeah, Gilly. But, but, I mean, Kirk Vember has been going on. I mean, we've been talking about, you know, the last two weeks, Kirk Cousins has been spot on. So, is, is Kirk Vember a thing, Tyler, at this point? No, you're just picking a month that he, that he happened to do good. It's, it's got to be consistent for a few years. Usually, Kirk Cousins does well from the October to November, and then he slows down in December. And you know what? He may very well, because he did not play well in October, he may very well be entering a hot streak at the right time. Because when Kirk Cousins gets hot for that eight-game streak, I mean, could this be very Eli Manning-esque, where the Vikings you know, carry this type of momentum into the playoffs and kind of under the radar, wind up backing their way in in the six or seven seed, then go haywire? Could this be the year? Possible. It is. It's very too possible. soon to say. It is too soon. But because the last two weeks are good, but the two weeks before that, he, he didn't cross 200, though, so it's, 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 it's tough. Right. So we're going to see what, what the Vikings do. I thought Kirk Cousins took some very good risks in this game. There were a few few passes that were a little too risky, but he did take some good risks, and uh, the, 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 he got the ball in his receiver's hands. Love what they did. Vikings get the win 34-31. They, they come back to 500, and, and we're back on track here. So uh, right now they're in the sixth seed. Um, next up, you got Washington beating the Panthers 27-21. Taylor Heineke spoils the uh, return of Cam Newton, Tyler. I mean, Cam looked good in this game. Taylor Heineke looked better. Uh, what's your take on this game? And is Cam Newton officially back? Cam Cam looked okay. I mean, he didn't cross 200. He played – people are going off about it more than they really should be. Yeah, I agree. I, he played well enough, but it – it's still, he he's, he's not back. He just played a good game. He played better than a lot of a lot of people expected, and I think he 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 played better than any other quarterback that they currently have on that roster. Outside of week weeks one through three, Darnold. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Sam Darnold weeks one through three is going to be back. I, I, no, no, I think no. that's a, a four. I, I think I think uh, in in the best paranormal activity fashion, the ghosts have taken him. Yes, yes, <laughs> it's. <laughs> Call Ghostbusters. Get the, get, Sam Darnold just kind of trots onto the set of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Or maybe we don't. Or maybe don't call Ghostbusters. Do, do we want him back or no? I don't. I don't even know. They do, but I, I would rather have Cam at this point. Yeah, I think they. No, I don't. I don't want him back just because um, Cam made us both look stupid because we both we both thought um, Darnold was having a, a resurgence and he, he started off for three weeks. Nice thing is praises and then and then he showed back up. Ghosts yeah. just keep him. Don't want him. Yeah, take take him to the grave. Yep. Um, next up, the 49ers beat the Jags 30-10. to No surprise here, but one thing I do want to point out, Urban Meyer is done. You have James Robinson on your football team. Run the ball. There's no reason why James Robinson, and I understand they were playing from behind, but there's no reason why you shouldn't be running the hot hand with James Robinson. He is the heart and soul of your offense, and for him to only get 12 carries in this game is a travesty. Urban Meyer should be ashamed of himself for that. Am I right? 100%. Yep. I mean, that's the he's the one thing that when it's funny when James James Robinson runs the ball, they win football games. When they when they give him more than 20 carries a game, they stay in football games and or win football games. And yep. when they don't, James Robinson gets like a touchdown, 12 carries and like 20 yards, and and yeah, they 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 flounder, they struggle. 
So, so I don't, I don't understand the logic of Urban Meyer at this point. It just doesn't make sense. You have one of the best rushers in the league. Use them. Uh, next up, you got the Dolphins and the Jets. Dolphins beat the Jets 24-17. Your boy Joe Flacco didn't play too bad in this game, but the uh, Dolphins go out and get it done. What do you think, Tyler? Are, are the are the Dolphins start? They're starting to fire back a little bit here. I, I mean, are, they they I, they beat a team that sucks. I mean, no, I know. They, they, I, I know they beat a team that sucks. But the Dolphins, they they're they're slight, you know, like where they they kind of flatlined for a second there. There's kind of that little blip, you know, and you're not sure if it's a heartbeat or, you know, if if you know somebody actually just shook the body a little bit or something. But I mean, on that note, Tua, man, I feel it feels weird talking good about three Bama quarterbacks in the same show here. But right. Tua's showing signs where maybe he could be the guy. I think that well, first of all, when 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 they had Jacoby Brissett in that game a few weeks ago, and and we the were Ravens game, yep, and and Jacoby Brissett was not playing good football, he was not, and then you get uh, you know uh, uh, Tua comes walking into the field, walking out of the field, and and it was like a completely different football team, completely different football team. I I like. Honestly, I like Tua in this situation, and I think he 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 hits the Dolphins' offense correctly, and I, I think he gets it. I think Jalen Waddle is kind of coming alive here, and I think Jalen Waddle should be the number one receiver in Miami. I think he's better than anything that they have. Well, I mean, he is the number one receiver in Miami. Well, he he is, but he's not because when Will Fuller is there, Will Fuller is the number one, and when Devontae Parker's on the field, Devontae Parker is the number one. Technically speaking, he's the number three. He should be the number one. He should be considered. And he will be. What was that? He will be. He's leading the team in targets. Yeah, I mean, he he get when he gets targeted, they do well. I I think, and and they really should be putting him on a lot, a lot deeper routes. They've been using him as a a, uh, a possess- short yardage possession receiver, which seems kind of silly to me, considering what he was capable of at Alabama, isn't it? Yeah, and and improving that role would technically make him like a number two style receiver. I think it's he's that's kind of where he's designed to be that the deep guy. Yeah, let let Fuller be your your chain mover. Right. I I well I don't know about that. I think Will Fuller is more of a speedster. I think that's why they picked him up. But my point here is that I don't think Jalen Waddle. I I just don't think that they're they're using him properly, and I I don't think that they're giving him the proper love that they should be because when Will Fuller came back. Everybody said, oh, Jalen Waddle's, you know, uh, touches are going to suffer, and, and they did. And when Devontae Parker, oh, Will Fuller, or uh, when Devontae Parker came back, oh, Jalen uh, Waddle's targets are going to suffer, and, and they did when Devontae Parker came back because Devontae Parker led the team that week. And then Devontae Parker got hurt, which what else is new? But And, both, and actually, Will Fuller got hurt too, what else is new? But Jalen Waddle should, and uh, he should be the number one there. They should be giving him all the love. They should be giving him all the passes. And they're not. He has not been looked at and treated as a true number one in spite of the fact that Tua and him have this great rapport over there. I believe Jalen Waddle should be the number one. Um, and then over on the Jets side, Elijah Moore. Let's talk about this guy because I thought he was phenomenal. Moore's been incredible. Last three weeks, he's been great. He's coming alive here. I like Elijah Moore. You know, he's he had a quiet start to the season. 
There was a lot of chitter-chatter in the offseason about this guy, about how he's going to be a stud, and everybody said he was going to be a star. And and first eight weeks of the season, we're going, eh, I don't know about this guy. And then he blows up. I, I mean, have the Jets found their number one receiver? I think so. I, I, I like him a lot. And he's, he's doing with different quarterbacks, too, every week so far. Yeah, I think he might be the, you know, you get sometimes you get these, these uh, wide receivers that are quarterback-proof. And I think that's where Elijah Moore is headed. I think he's quarterback proof at this point. I, I yeah, he, it's I, I call it the Hopkins special. Yeah, yeah, he can get it done with any quarterback you want, and that's kind of where where I think Elijah Moore is trending right now. He's quarterback proof. Um, next up, you got the Bengals dominating the Raiders, thirty-two to thirteen. Joe Mixon had himself a game in this one. The Bengals getting it done. Are the Raiders falling apart? Are the Bengals? Yeah, we kind of knew that the Raiders were going to fall off eventually, and the Bengals are kind of showcasing that they, they have that little slide, but, but they're kind of back right now. Yeah, I, I feel like like the Raiders are barely holding on here. They're, they're really just just barely holding on. Um, they fell to 5-5 five and five in this game. I mean, they, Derek Carr, he didn't look good. Nobody looked good in this game until the second half, and then the Bengals just blew up. Uh, huge game for Joe Mixon. <clears throat> is Joe Mixon one of the best running backs in football? All right, right I mean, now he is. Just, you can't argue it. Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say. Uh, next up, we got the Cardinals beating the Seahawks 23-13. Cardinals go to 9-2 and and uh, increase their lead on the, in the conference. Uh, they get it done with another Colt McCoy performance. I mean, Kyler is. are we starting to get concerned about Kyler Murray's absence after three weeks here? No, because Colt McCoy looked bad in, in, in the in the one loss. I, I think this is showcasing that, that the Cardinals are have, have a well-put-together team, and this team is a lot more explosive with Kyler Murray. I, but the, to me, this showcases the fact of why Cardinals are my favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. They're getting it done, division games included, without their two best players, Hopkins off the field and Murray off the field. Yep, absolutely. And, um, I, and, and I stick with them as my Super Bowl pick because of that reason. But Colt yeah. McCoy looking good. Colt McCoy, yeah, he, he's played well. Uh, next up, you got the Chiefs beating the Cowboys 19-9. to It was a low-scoring affair. Kind of surprised that it was so low-scoring. Uh, and Patty Mahomes does enough to get it done. He didn't have a, a blow-up game because the Cowboys' defense has been really good this year. But I'm surprised the Cowboys couldn't get anything going against the Chiefs. Are the Chiefs back? I mean, we're talking about, after this game, a 7-4 and four football team leading their division. Are the Chiefs back in the saddle? I, I think they are. I said it last week. The AFC screwed up. The yep. AFC screwed up. Chiefs are in control. Chiefs will get the first round by. Yeah, I think they're, they're, and they're trending that way right now. So that's going to become an interesting situation. We're already only a game out of it now. I yep. don't think they lose another game. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, Sunday night football, Chargers and Steelers, a fun one. 41-37, Chargers win. Justin Herbert looked great this game, didn't he? He looked phenomenal. Yeah, he, he looked so good. And and really, that I mean, Ben looked good in the game. I mean, let's let's give the devil his due. Ben, ben had himself a good game in this game. I mean, it, it was a shootout. It really was. And, and Justin Herbert outdueled him. The big story in this one, let's be real, though, Austin Eckler. It's him and his, his big four-touchdown performance. I think that, that Austin Eckler, he's one of those kind of unsung guys, you know, to be honest with you, because, like, Eckler doesn't get, I mean, outside of a, a fantasy football perspective, Austin Eckler doesn't get a whole lot of love uh, from Chargers fans. I, I don't think he's an every-down back. And I no, but he's true. He might be a better Camara. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and I I think I think they need a true every down back. I really do. If the Chargers go out and draft a big name running back, you know, say they go out and get a, a Kenneth Murray or something like that, I think we're having a different conversation about about this Chargers team and what they're capable of, don't you? Agreed. Yeah. Um, next up, you got the Bucks beating the Giants Monday Night Football last game. It was uh, thirty to ten Bucks. I mean, we, this was expected. This oh is, yeah. This is exactly what we expected this game to be. Daniel was that the turn game. Yeah, Jones couldn't get anything going. A rough day at the office for him. Um, and and uh, spoiler alert, he barely avoided my my uh, forgetful five. But uh, Tom Brady does doing Tom Brady things. There wasn't a whole lot of running in this game, which I'm kind of surprised by. But, I mean, Tom Brady spread the ball out quite a bit to a lot of – I mean, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different receivers in this game catch a pass, um, which I, I thought was wild. And and one guy that, that got a little involved, not a lot, but a little involved, and I know you hate him, but Bashad Perriman came in in his first game as a buck and, and – uh, Put together, you know, 19 yards on two catches, and they were two clutch catches Man. on top of it. Um, are, are the Bucks? I mean, is, are they about to run it back? Do you think they're they're headed that route? Do you think they can? I, I don't. I don't think they. I, I, I think they're looking okay right now. They had those rough couple games. I, I, I think they're gonna go deep in the playoffs, but I don't think they're gonna go all the way. Yeah, I, really I don't. I'm kind of with you. I think they're gonna wind up. I, I think it's gonna be a, a divisional to NFC title game run. I think that's kind of where they're headed, but I, I don't think it's a Super Bowl run. I think they they do have the weapons to go to the Super Bowl, but uh, I I don't know. I don't I don't really necessarily buy this as a a Super Bowl caliber squad here. I, I don't think that's where they're headed. Fun so, fact in the Giants. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the did they tell you this one already? This fun fact. No what? So Andrew Thomas got a touchdown pass this week in that Monday night game. Yeah, I saw that. Lineman. Yeah, I know. Um, Andrew Thomas has just as many touchdowns as Galladay, Rudolph, Slayton, Tony combined. Now, is that more of a condemnation on how crappy this offense is, or is it a condemnation on Joe Judge at this point? Joe Judge and Danny Dimes. I think I think Galladay and Slayton and Tony are all good receivers still. And I don't know that I can completely put the the blame on Danny Dimes because of and and we saw it that offensive line was bad. Also true. The, the he got he got tore up. He got tore up from the floor up by by a a, a really really rough um, uh, Buccaneers pass. Nine quarterback hits and two sacks. Yeah, he got the hell beat out of him. I mean, it, it, I I mean, I would struggle to get shit going. I mean, it seemed like that pocket was collapsing around him all game long. He didn't, I mean, he looked bad, but I don't know that the blame is entirely on Danny Dimes here. And, uh, folks, that's uh, your scores for week 11 in the NFL. Now, Tyler, we've got uh, a fun edition here of uh, You Know What coming. So uh, let's hit it right off the rip. Here's an edition of Tyler. Top 10. Tyler's top 10. And uh, Tyler, we've got, you've got 10 performances for us that uh, you thought were top notch this week. Hit me with them. 
You know, I've been, I, another second week in a row, I've, I've been throwing some curveballs at you. A little bit. It, this one, honest to God, was was really kind of tough to find. Um, really solid, strong, great performances um, for the Forgotten Five. And uh, I mean, you've you've thrown me curveballs, but like the the this one, the curveballs that you've been throwing me, it made it tough. It did make it really tough this week. I'll I'll give you that. I mean, it was. Woo, dude. <laughs> so I mean, you you got him. You you hit it right on the nose. All right, number ten is old man Robert Quinn. T- three and a half sacks and a forced fumble. Robert Quinn looked great. He looked absolutely great. This is a guy who who um he's performed well everywhere he's gone. He's he's a, an elder statesman now, and he's just been doing great. He's been playing great football. I I like Robert Quinn. I've liked him when he I, I liked him when he played for the Cowboys. I liked him when he played for the Rams, and I like him now. I mean. It, He's he's a solid solid defensive end. I don't know if they line him up at defensive end or linebacker. I mean, it depends on the system, I guess. But he, he's become one of the better edge rushers. So yeah, I'm I'm down with Robert Quinn here. Number nine, Elijah Moore. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Eight receptions, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Three huge weeks in a row. Like like we were talking about. I think this guy's QB proof. I, I agree. I, I think he's QB proof. I. I I like Elijah Moore a lot. There was a lot of talk in camp about how good this kid was going to be and how good we think this guy is. And, and you know, we I, I was like, hey, I don't know. He plays for the Jets. He was a receiver for the Jets. He wasn't slated to be a first-rounder. He I think he went in the second. And he's honestly turning out to be one of the better receivers in this draft and being turning out to be one of the better players in this draft. So I, I do think the Jets found their true number one. And – He's on this like upswing right now where they, they're going to have to start utilizing him more. So, yeah, I, I think we're talking about Elijah Moore in a year or two as one of the top receivers in the NFL. I, I honestly think that's where we're headed. But they're going to have to get him a better quarterback and a better coach. They're going to have to get him to the promised land to make him relevant. Otherwise, he's not going to want to stay in New York. They're yeah, because gonna... no matter how well Flacco ends up playing, it's not going to ma- – Flacco's not the long-term solution. He's – any right. point could could walk away. They they need their future quarterback. Yeah, and they're, they're, could they're, it be Zach Wilson? I, I think it's still possible, but there's there's they, there's a lot of room for improvement in, in the coaching over, over there to, to get get to that point. Agreed. I think I think they're they're hoping that Zach Wilson is going to be the savior and that he's going to be the solution. But I think that everybody knows. Uh, we all kind of recognize. I don't think Zach Wilson's the guy. And I think the Jets are kind of in that purgatory where they're going to that. And I'm going to call it the Browns purgatory, where every couple of years they're drafting a new quarterback to try and, and you know, create something new and special. And you're going to see the guy, you know, we remember the Browns. I always make mention of this. We remember the Seneca Wallaces of the, of the world and mm-hmm. the, the Brody Croyles and the the I mean, the what, Brian Hoyers and, and all these guys. That, Hoyers are the better ones. <laughs> Yeah, the Colt McCoys. I mean, we. Uh, I remember all of these guys coming rolling through. Yeah, and and uh, just a quick little news thing that reminds you another one. Um, Titans signed Deshaun Kaiser to the practice squad. That's another one of those guys who just kind of came in and out and. Yep. Yep. Just showed up for a, a cup of coffee. I musical mean, quarterbacks. Yeah, and we're gonna see the Jets do this. I think. I think that's the route they're headed. I think they're gonna have Zach Wilson for another new year next year and see how well he does, and then they're gonna go draft a new one. And they're going to hope that that they finally hit on one, but the the Jets, 
I mean, I, I think they're they're uh, they've at least found their number one receiver, but they're going to have to get him a guy to, that's going to deliver him the football. Moore does not seem like the kind of guy that that is going to stand aside and just say, "Oh, I'm good with my money." You know, like, I think I think Moore is the kind of guy that's going to hit free agency, and somebody's going to pick him up, and that's where he's going to make his name elsewhere. I, I so, think you're right. Yeah. So uh, there's that. Yeah, I'm I'm down with Elijah Moore though. All right, number eight on part one of the uh, shootout of stats: uh, Devonte Adams, seven receptions, 115 yards, and two touchdowns. Adams had a great game, uh, we, and and it's kind of expected. The the Vikings, um, they they always have trouble with Devonte Adams. One day one day they'll figure that guy out. One day they'll get a corner that can truly shut him down again. Uh, we we've seen, you know, a lot of times where where uh, you know the Vikings have had a corner that can shut that guy down and and kind of just lay into him a little bit. And really, to be honest with you, I, I think that, that the Vikings, they, they're going to have to go out and draft a corner, but they're also going to have to still hit free agency this year and pick up a corner, a true shutdown corner that can handle guys like Devontae Adams because there are some really solid receivers in this, uh, uh, in this, this uh, division. And, and I think that's kind of where we're headed here. And, they, they've kind of gotten lucky because Chicago, Allen Robinson, they don't know what the hell to do with them. But for years, Allen Robinson has always given the Vikings fits. And now Devontae Adams has given them fits. And really, they're having some trouble with guys like Valdez Scantling and keeping up with him. So I want to see what they what they do to, to handle him. But Devontae Adams, he's he's an outstanding receiver. I, I think that that uh, but here's the thing. I don't know that Adams is going to wind up being a Packer next season. I I think that's the same. I agree. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he's going to wind up being a Packer because because I don't think he and and I I'm starting to think down the line here when you see Aaron Rodgers go elsewhere that this is going to be kind of like Brady and Gronk. Where see, I don't think it's going to be a package deal because I think they're going to garner so much money that he's not really going to be able to afford it without sh- shackling other other areas. Imagine Houston. Imagine and a place like you're going to be forking out like fifty like like sixty million dollars. Yeah, I know. And they, but Houston might very well do it just to just to make themselves relevant. We'll see. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm down with Devontae Adams. I think I I don't like him. I don't like that we have to face him. But he's he's a damn good receiver. <laughs> Number seven, Joe Mixon, 30, 30 carries, one hundred twenty three yards, two touchdowns. He was slow in the first half and then came on late. Uh, it was it was in the second half he blew the hell up and I was there for it. It, it was it was fun to watch him do what he was doing. Joe Mixon has been one of the top top. He's been a top ten running back this year, um, and and last year we we knew he had a major injury bug. This year he had a little bit of one, but then he was only out for maybe a week or two. Samaj P Ryan stepped in and did just fine. But I like Joe Mixon. I think he's a really good running back. I, I think he's he, people are are kind of sleeping on him. And how good he can be, he's a game-changing type of running back for the Bengals here. And I, I think barring, you know, consistent injuries, like his health is somewhat of an issue. But if he can stay healthy, the Bengals have their number one guy for years to come. I mean, he's still, he's still young. He's still really, really young. So, I mean, it, it's just they have to be willing to deal with the injuries when it comes to him and the durability when it comes to him. I mean, if he's going to be out for two or three games, great. He can't have another season like he had last year. No. Because last year was just rough. 
But I like Joe Mixon. He's he's just a phenomenal a phenomenal running back, and he gets a lot. He gets in the end zone a lot, and he he kind of garners the attention of of opposing defenses and really opens things up uh, for Joe Burrow. So yeah, Joe Mixon, I'm here for it. Number six, Kyle Van Oy, two sacks, an interception, and a touchdown. Huge game for Van Noy. Huge game. Uh, a veteran guy, another one of those, those uh, I guess, elder statesmen. Um, guy's been around for a hot minute, and, and he, he just rocks it every time. He, he rocks it. Uh, he, he's a great fit for the Patriots right now. He was he was drafted by the Lions back in 2014, and and everybody kind of remembers it was kind of eh. He went to the Patriots, and he's been lights out ever since. I like Van Noy. I think he he offers that veteran presence that they need. He's one of the higher end uh, linebackers in the league. He had a great performance this past week. Yeah, I'm down with it. And this is his second his second stint with the uh, the Patriots here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I agree. I, I think he's he's um, playing great ball. Lot generating a lot of pressures. He's got uh, four interceptions. <laughs> I mean, is this is uh, the 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 Patriots are getting results after signing him? It's Absolutely, awesome. they're 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 getting their results. And and we're Miami, and that's the thing. Like he was with Miami, and you could tell tell Miami had no idea what the hell to do with the guy last year. And and now he goes to New England, and they know exactly what to use him for. He in he. He might be just great in that Belichick system. I mean, that that might be the reality. He might just be great in the Belichick system. Very well could be. That's okay because that's where he's going to have his most success in New England, and New England will probably keep him around for the near for the for the you know foreseeable future. So yeah, I I, I like Van Noy in this situation. Number five is part two of the. Uh... Shootout of stats. Justin Jefferson, eight receptions, 169 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, huge game. Huge, huge, huge game. Can't even, can't even, <laughs> can't even question it. <laughs> I mean, it's just a huge game. I, I it's like there, there's, there's certain, there's every week there's certain guys you, you like you. Even if I don't send you my list, you, you can probably go. Okay, I know at least these five or six are going to be on it for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I knew there were specific guys, specific guys. Justin Jefferson, you know. Yeah, I knew he was going to be huge. I, number, I just, and I feel like it's going to be the same comment for the, for the rest here. Um, number four, Austin Eckler, 115 yards from scrimmage, four touchdowns. Four fucking touchdowns. <laughs> you know, like these are the types of things, and and that that's the kicker is he's not even the highest guy. With four fucking touchdowns, Tyler. He's not even the highest guy on the list. That's the crazy thing about this about this week. That's fucking insane to me. How are we talking about Austin Eckler getting four touchdowns and him not being number one? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's like holy shit. <laughs> like, it, well, you, you know get, who you know who one is. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, no but still, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm like, God damn. Like, like some of these players just and blow my mind. And I understand, like, every now and then, you you know, everybody has a really red hot game and, and great, cool, whatever. But damn, damn, four touchdowns. Jesus Christ. 
And the fact that he's and he's not even in the top two. <laughs> I mean, four touchdowns. That's wild to me. That's just wild. Austin Eckler, like we were talking about earlier, I think he is one of those players that um, I don't. I don't think he's an every down back, and and he's going to be a really great change of pace guy. I, I don't think he's a better Camara, but I think he's kind of a poor man's Camara, and that's cool. That's fine. He can he can be in that Reggie Bush role. He can do that. I'm cool with that. And and the Chargers should be cool with that too, but they're going to need to go out and get a really big bruiser nasty back. Yes. And I, I think that's that's kind of where they should be looking in the draft, in my opinion. But, you know, they're going to obviously probably go elsewhere and that's fine, but uh, to me, you need a you need a big bruiser. And and I don't think any of the guys that they have are big bruisers. Number two and three, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of combine them because it's 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 part three and four of the of the shootout of stats, and that's Aaron Rodgers at two with 23 for 33, 385 and four touchdowns, and Kirk Cousins at three, 24 for 35, 341, three touchdowns. Yeah, I um <clears throat> I'm with you on this. I I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers had himself a great game. I thought Kirk Cousins' game was a little better, to be honest with you, Kirk. He, um, this, this is a weird stretch for him, but it's, it's not a surprise. He gets hot middle of the season, really at, at just out of nowhere, he gets hot and everybody goes, Whoa, where was this Kirk Cousins all season? Yeah. I, I put Aaron Rodgers ahead for the slightly better um, completion percentage and getting more yards and less completions. Yeah. And the, the extra touchdown. Thing, the thing about the, the Rodgers, uh, yardage, the, the reason I would put Kirk above him is based solely on the fact that Rodgers' big, big pass to MVS is kind of what put him over over Kirk there. He had that one bomb that, that you know. That was a hell of a throw. Yeah, it was a, it was a beautiful throw. It really was. And and he, he burned uh, Xavier Woods. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really, really nice. Um, but Kirk, I mean, he, they – he played really great ball control football. He got Justin Jefferson the ball. He got Adam Thielen the ball. He took more risk down the field than than we've ever seen. It was the most aggressive I've seen Kirk Cousins ever. This is the most aggressive playing I've ever seen Kirk Cousins, and I'm totally here for it because I think the Vikings coaching staff realized, oh shit, our job's on the line. We better just do something. <laughs> and and Kirk played really great. It was it was wild. It was it was just wild to see. And, and, you know, there were a couple occasions where he threw picks and I thought the game was over and, and one of the picks got called back and uh, at the end of the game and it kind of saved them. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you here on Kirk and Rogers. I think both of those guys deserve to be exactly where they are. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with, uh, with this position for both of them because they both had really great games. Number one. And if, uh, if Henry ever uh, finds me in real life and he watches this podcast, I I will deny it. But uh, number one is what I'm going to call King Taylor. Oh God, Jonathan freaking Taylor, 204 yards from scrimmage and takes a big dump on Eckler's four touchdown day and puts up five. Yeah, I, Jonathan Taylor, he's uh, been a different animal these last couple of weeks. I mean, he's always he's always been a good running back. Yeah, he's been good all year, but yeah. I'm, I am going to take credit for something because I have to. Um, 
I predicted that Jonathan Taylor was going to be the best running back to come out of this draft. I predicted that. And and yeah, we kind of both did. I, I predicted Jonathan Taylor to be the best, and he turned out to be the best. Now, one thing I wanted to point out is there were so many people that were losing their minds about DeAndre Swift. And I like DeAndre Swift. And you're going to see how much I like DeAndre Swift in a minute. But is he Jonathan Taylor? No. no. And maybe it's a, a matter of where they're playing. But I firmly believed that Jonathan Taylor was going to be the best running back out of his class. The fact that, that Edwards Hilaire and Swift went above Jonathan Taylor is an absolute travesty. I saw him in Wisconsin before the, 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 you know, he even got out of college. And I said, this kid is going to be special. I mean, and, and it was a no brainer. I knew he was going to be a stud in this league. He's become a stud in this league. He's a top two running back right now in this league. When, and right now he's the best running back in the league because Derrick Henry's not there. But I think he can directly compete with Derrick Henry for the best running back in the league, don't you? I, I do. I do. Yeah. And, and, and Heller is an interesting one. because, And it's, it's hard to say for sure because the injury happened before this year, but I, I would say you're talking about like, Swift and Dobbins kind of being neck and neck. Yeah. I think Dobbins was on was was going to be on track for a very good year, and and so was Acres. Um, yeah. and because of the injuries to Acres and Dobbins, people are talking about Hilaire still being one of the better backs. But I think Hilaire's fifth. I don't even think Hilaire is any good. The, the problem I have with a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is he's an over glorified, and I've said it over and over again, over glorified change of pace back. That's what he was in college. He was a change of pace back that they're trying to stuff. It's it's square peg round hole that they're trying to stuff him into a situation where where he's they want him to be in every every down back in Kansas City. And I don't care if Andy reads the, the running back whisperer or not. I don't care. Edwards Hilaire is not a number one back. He's not. He should be a change of pace back. He was not a number one back in college. He was a change of pace guy. That's what he's good at. Quit trying to make him something that he's not. But, but that's the question, though. If they actually move into a change of pace guy. Is he on Camara or Equus level? And that has yet to be seen. But but I don't I don't believe in him as an every down back. I haven't believed in him as an every down back. I have never looked at it and went, huh, that Clyde Edwards Hilaire guy is gonna be an every down back. The fact that he was the first running back off the board is disgusting to me. It, 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 given everybody that was there, given the fact that DeAndre Swift was there. Because I think that DeAndre Swift, if he's on a different team, we're having a different conversation about him. If, I agree. if he's with, with Baltimore, we're having a different conversation about DeAndre Swift. You know, I, it, he could he could have been anywhere else but Detroit. And I think we're having a different conversation about it. So, I mean, and, and I think his numbers this the, during the week 11 uh, game showed what he's capable of and how Detroit doesn't know what the hell they have in DeAndre Swift. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I. To me, Jonathan Taylor, I think he's the best running back in, in this whole thing. I've said it for a while. I, I said it before he got drafted. I believe in this. Jonathan Taylor is, is a monster, and he's going to wind up being one of the best running backs in the league for a long time. They're going to have to kind of watch his load management for— well, I know you didn't like him during the draft because of the, uh, because of the uh, turnovers and fumbles. Taylor? Yeah. Uh, that was the one downside. That was the one thing that people were were down on on him, but I saw a two thousand yard back 
out of Wisconsin. He had 2,000 yards in, in one season. <laughs> I mean, I, I went, well, you, this, he's the best back in the, in the entire draft. And he's kind of played this year almost kind of Henry-esque. Not that, it, not that his first half was bad, but, he, but he's, he's been a lot better in the last three weeks than he was the first eight. Right. And, and, and it's not even that he was, like you said, like he was bad early on. He still played really good football. I mean, he did. And about I mean, the time that Henry went down, Taylor turned on the Jets. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, I, I just see a guy. I mean, if you look at look at his numbers, I mean, it still wasn't bad. He had, I mean, fifty six, fifty one, sixty four. Okay, I understand that. Then he went one hundred three, and then fifty three, and then one forty five, one hundred seven, seventy, one seventy two, one sixteen, one eighty five, and like the last three weeks, hot, 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 but. I mean, right now he's the only thousand-yard rusher in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, but one thing to talk about though is the fact that Nick Chubb's missed missed three games and and is and is still the third best running back in the league, and still and one of the only three running backs to have a, a hundred-yard per game average. Right. So, I mean, I I believe in Jonathan Taylor. I I think I think Jonathan Taylor maybe maybe better than Nick Chubb, but we'll have to see. Um. And I think the Stefanski system kind of kind of helps. And actually, you know what? Fun fact about Jonathan Taylor: not only was he a second rounder, forty-one, pick number forty-one. How does a guy that caliber fall that low? He's one of the greatest college football running backs of all time. Like it's not even a question. Kai, could you could you imagine if? Uh... If he would have just dropped just a, a handful more picks and, and, and ended up in Baltimore, yeah, how terrifying! It almost happened. How terrifying! Now, Grant, I still think we're going to be just fine with J.K. Dobbins. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but Taylor's is is a kind of a tier above the Dobbins, Acres, Swift. Yeah, and and really, I I just think he's phenomenal. He'll he's going to wind up being, he's going to have a great career. He is going to have a great career. Um, now, Tyler, I've got uh, the next up the the guys you forgot, and and it was tough. It was tough. I, I but I managed to figure it out. I managed to figure out what we were doing. It's time for an edition of Freytown's Forgotten Five. Freytown's Forgotten Five, and uh, Tyler, I've got five that I think you forgot about. So I'm going to start off with number five, and you are just going to soak your jockeys over this one. Number five goes to Joe Flacco. 24 for 39, 291, two touchdowns. Comes in uh, to start on a whim, gets it done. Uh, are, are you excited for old football Joe there? I I, he he, he looked he looked good. I mean, like like I think we said that the team played per, was pretty poor, but he he did the best he could to 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 get, to get this team through. Yeah, he he did his best, and and uh, I think Flacco, he's he's a high end backup, but I think his career is kind of you know obviously we we know his career is winding down. I think it's almost time for Joe to kind of go home. Um, when you're when you're backing up guys like Zach Wilson and Mike White, there's a problem, right? Well, I think part of that is the trade. It's a matter of taking the, the weeks to kind of re, get reused to the. T- I I don't know that Flacco misses another game. Yeah, as as a starting quarterback, I I think he he remains a starter for the rest of the season. But it, 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 but I think it it would, it would be good for Zach Wilson to sit behind him and watch just just watch the rest of the year and 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 and, and shake it off. 
Well, he's not going to get the chance this week because Joe Flacco has been placed on the COVID reserve list. So, right. uh, so Zach Wilson will be back in the game this week. Yeah, he will be starting. So we'll see how that works out. But Joe had himself a great week 11. Um, so that's that's a, a fun time. Uh, number four goes to Colt McCoy. Uh, 35 for 44, 328, two touchdowns. He got it done. I know the Seattle defense isn't anything to write home about, but this is a really good game for Colt McCoy. Very accurate. Um, very accurate, good numbers, got two touchdowns on the day, 328. He had himself a really solid day, didn't he? He did. He did. He's 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 doing his job. Um, you're, you're starting quarterbacks out. He's doing the job and keeping this juggernaut team on, 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 the, on, on the right trajectory. Right. Yeah, I, I think uh, – I think McCoy, uh, he, he's he's really kept the the Cardinals afloat, and and everybody thought that they were going to really flounder without Kyler Murray, and and they sort of did uh, last week, but this week Colt McCoy kind of came out and settled down, and he seems to be having everything under control. I mean, the the veteran presence. This is the best I've seen Colt McCoy play in his entire career, isn't it? I I think it is, and, I, and I've always liked Colt McCoy. I think he's on a very bad team, but yeah. Yeah, he was on a very, very bad team for a long time. So Colt McCoy gets it done. Number three goes to big Ben Roethlisberger. 28 for 44, 273. He had three touchdowns on the day. Ben kept his team in this game. And and I know I know Ben, uh, uh, he hasn't had his best year, but this past game against the Chargers really showcased that he still does have some gas left in the tank. I just... Um, I think he's about done after this season, but he had himself a really solid performance against the Chargers, didn't he? He did. He, it's like I said last week, he's he's, he's having these waves of good and, and bad, but I, 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 it's starting to become clear that the Steelers are, need to move on. But this week, he and, and last week, two weeks in a row, he's played very, very well. Yeah, he's he's been he's been performing well. Ben kind of he, he's sort of channeling some of that that uh, that you know, previous energy that we saw from old Ben Roethlisberger for a while. Uh, number two, kind of an interesting one, Zach Ertz gets on the Forgotten Five. Eight receptions for 88 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Uh, he was a nice little safety valve for Colt McCoy over there in Arizona. He's actually, this is, you know, Zach Ertz has had a couple of down years since the Super, Super Bowl year. This is the best year he's had so far, and it didn't even start until he got traded to Arizona because Dallas Goddard's been getting all the touches. Yeah. Do you think Dallas got, that they made a mistake keeping Dallas Goddard, re-signing him to the extension, dumping Zach Ertz? Do, do you think Zach Ertz is still the better tight end? Uh, I don't know. I, I think Ertz is being utilized here, but I just, I've never been big on Goddard to begin with. Yeah, I, I think Goddard. I, I thought he was a high end backup tight end. That's yeah. what I've always, I've always thought of him. But uh, Ertz, I mean, he's he seems like a really good fit in Arizona here, doesn't he? He does. I think he's going to be a good short term option for a couple of years. But he he is thirty one. I, I, he doesn't got many good years left. I don't think. Yeah, I'm. I'm I think he'll get something of an extension, but they're going to start with the shorter extensions for him now. Correct. Or, and number one, uh, this is why I said we were going to see how much love I give him. DeAndre Swift, 14 carries for 136 yards and a touchdown. He had a 9.71 average uh, for the Lions in Week 11. DeAndre Swift is a good running back in a bad system. 100%. He's, and, and he's a good running back with not a lot of weapons around him. And, uh, you know, you, you can feed him the ball all day long. But the problem for DeAndre Swift is... 
you don't have receivers that are really taking the attention off of him and TJ Hawkinson. So it makes it really easy for defenses to go man against guys like Quintez Cephas and go man uh, against uh, these, these borderline nobody receivers. It, it makes it really easy to go man against the Amon Ross St. Browns who have drastically underperformed from what you and I both thought they would do. So DeAndre Swift to me, I, I thought he had a great game. And 14 carries for 136, I think, is something something spectacular. Um, he also got in the end zone. So, I mean, DeAndre Swift heads up the Forgotten Five. And, uh, yeah, great performance by him. What do you believe – well, do you believe DeAndre Swift remains a Detroit Lion in spite of the fact that he hates it there? No, I don't. I, I think he sees kind of like the, the the history of, say, Barry and Calvin. I I, I think he – he gets himself out of there once his contract's up, unless this team turns things around. Yeah, it's going to take a lot. It really is going to take a lot for them to turn things around and, and make this team something special. I think Dan Campbell's a good coach. I just think that they uh, they have been mi- underutilizing and misusing DeAndre Swift at this point. And uh, last but not least, Tyler, one of your favorite parts of the show, this is the part where I get to crap on people. Um, and... Uh, this is Freytown's forgetful five. And uh, number five goes to Russ Wilson, 14 for 26, 207 yards. Didn't throw any picks or touchdowns, but he did not play well. He, he looked rough out there. He got yeah. outplayed by Colt McCoy. Yep, outplayed by Colt McCoy. Did not did not play well. Russ Wilson still, I mean, I that hand injury has, has been negatively impacted. Yeah, because he, he was kind of on... Not necessarily MVP trajectory, but he was he was on he was on pace to do another good rush year for the injury. I think I think the injury is definitely hindering him because I know you don't like the Seahawks, but Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in this league. So absolutely, the, the hand injury is still lingering. Yeah, and and I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, the, this the Seahawks are cooked for the year, and yes. uh, you know I, I think we're going to be talking about you know Russ Wilson recovering in the off season and the Seahawks coming back strong. Yeah, uh, let Russ cook. Let Russ rest. Yeah, let him rest. Let him let him sit the fuck down. Uh, number four goes to Najee Harris. Twelve carries, thirty-nine yards, uh, and he got a touchdown. He had a three-point-two average on the day. Just a bad day for old Najee. Um, he did get in the end zone, which is great, but man, he couldn't get anything going against that Chargers defense. I expected a lot more out of him because the Chargers' run defense, generally speaking, is not very good. Uh, Najee Harris. I mean, tough day at the office. Yeah, I think it was a tough day in the office because the game ended up turning to more of a shootout type game. Yeah, and I I think that became clear because well the, and because I think my issue here is that they should have just kept giving him the ball because I, I don't like the twelve carries. Yeah, they should it should have been ball control, and and they they needed to keep the ball out yeah. of Herbert's hands. It's weird in a game in which you tell me that they only ran the ball twelve times and they let Ben go off. You would you you would think that would tell me that the, that the Steelers got blown out. Right, that wasn't the case. I mean, they lost, but it was a good game. Yeah, it was by four points. So I mean, it, it did turn out to be a good game. Najee did take a whack in the face um, with a nasty forearm. Cleared concussion protocol, came back in, but um, that was a nasty uh, forearm to the face that he took in that game. Very cheap shot, really. It, it was. It was not okay. Uh, that was in the fourth quarter, but um, Najee Harris. Yeah, he's uh, he had a rough game. Next up, number three goes to Dak Prescott, twenty-eight for forty-three, two sixteen, two interceptions. 
Dak did not look good. And the reason he's so high isn't just because of the fact that he looked a little rough. It's because Dak was playing against a really bad Chiefs defense and couldn't get anything going through two picks, only nine points on the day. This is not what we expect out of Dak Prescott. The and, Cowboys have been weird the last couple of weeks. I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on here. Now, hell, I, I predicted a, uh, a, uh, a shootout game, and yeah. it's not what we got. No, we got a defensive battle, and uh, Dak just – he didn't look like Dak Prescott. I'll say that. Dak did not look good. So, I mean, 28 for 43, 216, two picks. I mean, that's, that's Josh Rosen numbers. I mean, really, I mean, it, it was bad. So um, Dak not, not doing his job. He's ranked number three. Number two on the forgetful five, Tim Boyle, 15 for 23, 77 yards, two touchdowns. Anytime you don't break 100 yards and you started a game, I'm going to put you on my list. That's, that's just kind of where it's at. But the two picks really made it worse. Uh, Tim Boyle, the starting quarterback for the Lions last week um, with Jared Goff out. I mean, obviously, we knew this was going to be a bad game for Boyle. I mean, we, we saw that coming, right? Yeah, we kind of we kind of knew. Yeah, I, I saw that coming. And, and Tim Boyle, I mean, that's why he's only ranked number two, because he is, in fact, a backup. Um, but the, the worst one comes with uh, your boy, Ryan Tannehill. Awful, awful, awful. Yeah, 35 for 52. He had 323 and a touchdown, but four interceptions single-handedly costed his team the game against a very inept uh, Houston team. I I mean, Ryan Tannehill just looked horrible. Run game's not there. It's, it looked like the Ryan Tannehill of old, didn't it? Of, of the, there, was, there was Miami Dolphins' Ryan Tannehill. Well, Ryan, Tannehill wasn't bad in Dolphins, though. This, this is the worst Tannehill's ever looked. I don't know. He's taken the Dolphins to the playoffs twice. This is, this is worse than that. I don't know. I don't buy Ryan Tannehill. I still don't. I haven't for a while. Um, but he heads up the forgotten five or the forgetful five. Now, Tyler, we've got our rookie rankings. Um, I sent you some lists. Like I said, I my list. I got I got some movement on my list here. Some heavy movement and some surprising movement. Um, and I, I'm ready for uh, what what our cumulative cumulative score has has turned into. It's with, gotten with the, weird. It has gotten a little weird. It's gotten weird. Uh, outside looking in, we have Rondell Moore, Jeremiah Owuso Koromoa starting to move his way back into into talks. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith uh, moving himself up. Uh, Quiddy Pay, I'm um, starting starting to um get get some notice, and Sam Cosby just on the outside. Yeah, I I had um so Quiddy Pay, we were talking about him earlier this week. One of the, the big things, and, and another reason why Owuso Karamoa is out, we, we've talked about this week over week, is one of the big factors of you being on this list and, and being considered one of the top guys is availability. you got to be available. And if you're not available, you're probably going to fall off. And, and that's kind of what it's been. Because, yeah, you're, yeah your, your PFF grade doesn't get affected or your, your you know, overall well, how you're looked at doesn't get affected. But, hey, guess what? You weren't there for three or four games. Quiddy Pay missed three games early on in the season, so that's why he's kind of hanging out on the outside. Wilson Karamoa, he just returned. So, you know, the, these guys are going to be on the outside looking in based solely on the fact that they weren't on the field. It, and, and a lot of it is being durable, being there. And so, yeah, and, and I think like with Karamoa, I, I think um, 
he's not going to be number one on this list because of that. But I, I do believe he, he makes himself back on the list. Oh yeah. Down the line, he will. I, I believe in that. If he, if he plays at that high level and continues to play at a high level, great. I mean, he'll, he'll make his way back up, but right now, eh, I, I can't put him on there because of the lack of availability, you know, missing a month of football. And that's a big thing. Being on the field is a factor. But going into the top 10 here, number 10, Najee Harris drops from eight. We just talked about him. He had himself a very rough day in the office, not a great average. Yeah, the uh, the PFF scores fall for him drastically. I know you don't put a lot of stock in it, but it does. And Najee Harris did not play well. Uh, Najee had a rough start to the season. And when he had that rough start to the season, I, I was like, I don't know if, if – and, and a lot of it is Pittsburgh not knowing what the hell to do with the guy early on. And then uh, he, he got hot for a little bit, and he kind of cooled off a little bit this past week. Well, his PFF grade actually went up a little bit. No, it went down. He was at a 69.1. Now he's at a 67. I thought he was, thought he was at a 67. He's at a 68.9. Yeah, so, okay. So, yeah, it, it dropped a little bit. But um, Najee, Najee uh, his, his PFF grade falls a little bit. You know, I, I like Najee Harris. It's not that I don't. And it's not that I don't think he's going to be the, the top back in Pittsburgh. I just don't think they know what they have right now in him. And I think he's fully capable of being a number one back in this league long term. Um, yeah, I'm I'm fully 100 percent on for for Najee Harris. If he but he's I don't know that he's going to wind up back on this list unless he really turns on the Jets and he becomes that that top running back. And it, it's a fun fact. We don't have a single running back on our, at least I, I don't have a single running back on my top 10. Najee Harris, I think has grazed the top 10, but I, I, right, right now he's in the cumulative. They were on number 10. Yeah. And, and he, he's cumulative. He is, but I, I haven't, I think I've had him graze my top 10 being like number 10, but you know, I, I like Najee Harris, but I, you know, yeah, as a rookie, he's having, he's having a good year. He's not having a great year. And, and I just, I'm, I'm iffy on Najee still because of those, on again, off again weeks that we see. Number nine, Kyle Pitts continues his free fall. He was at seven a couple weeks ago. He was at three, and now we're sitting. He's 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 barely holding on. The problem for Kyle Pitts right now is that he is all they have in Atlanta. That is the big problem for him. And and everybody has queued in on him because there's no Calvin Ridley, and all the other receivers there are kind of inept. And and I mean. It's a war of attrition over there, really. I mean, it's it's Kyle Pitts or nothing. So all of his numbers have dropped because he's the only guy that they've got. And so he's been free-falling. I mean, it, his grades are high, which is fantastic for him. But he's going to continue to free-fall. He's free-falled on my list a little bit because, eh, you know, the, the last couple of weeks have been bad weeks. And, and they've been bad weeks because, why? Because he doesn't have anybody there. Is Kyle Pitts going to be a great tight end? Yes, he's going to be a great tight end. But even the greats suffer when they're only te- only thing a team has. And and right now he is sitting in that very position where he's all the team has and everybody knows it. So they're they're just queuing in on him with Patterson going down and you know all all you 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 can't tell me that uh, Zacchaeus is going to be the the big stud that they expected him to be. I mean, it's there's problems there. So yeah, I'm I'm with you that Kyle Pitts, he's going to wind up uh, continuing this free fall unless he somehow miraculously winds up putting up a great game. 
Number eight, Adafi Owe starting to kind of move himself back up a bit after another good game of pressures on uh, against the Bears this past week. Owe is a good player. Um, he he had a couple of down weeks. You know, grade wise, I don't have him. Uh, uh, I, I didn't even have him on my list, but uh, I mean, Owe, he's a good player. I think he's great. I've talked about him the last couple of weeks. He he's solid. He's very, very good. He's going to be very good for the Ravens, and he's he's going to continue to get better. Um, you know, I I it's not that I don't like Owe, but I also see that you know those couple of down weeks really gave him you know a, a little bit of a, a push off the list there. Eventually, I'm sure he'll climb his way back in. I'm I'm confident in that, especially with the way Kyle Pitts is trending and and the way things are going. I, I could see Adafi Owe making his way on the list. He might be on the lower end of the list, but you know ultimately, I had him off, but. We'll, we'll see. But right now, our cumulative, he is on the list. Number seven, Nate Hobbs moves up a little bit from number nine. I moved Nate Hobbs up my list considerably. I moved him out of mine. And here's the reason why. Number one, Nate Hobbs is the number one ranked rookie corner um, out of all the rookies. He is the number six overall ranked corner in the entire NFL. And I think that says something about Nate Hobbs. I think that, that Nate Hobbs has become a stud. He is the number one corner, undoubtedly, with the Raiders. Whether or not he's on that, on that uh, list as a number one corner, we'll see. That has yet to be seen. But Nate Hobbs has performed like a number one corner. He has uh, uh, proven his worth. His PFF grades dictate it. His play on the field dictates it. I mean, and and yeah, I, I I see you not sold on Nate Hobbs, but what I see when I see a rookie corner that is the number six overall corner in the entire NFL, I think that says something. Nate Hobbs has has moved considerably up my list. I had him at nine, eight, roughly. Right now, I mean, in my list, I had him at five, and and that's that's how. Seeing that he was the number six overall corner in the entire league really kind of helped me turn the corner on taking him higher because I, I was like, wow, this, this guy is, is something, something to behold. So, yeah, Nate Hobbs, loving what he's doing. I, I really believe that, that he should be higher, and I'm surprised that, that yeah, you didn't put him higher. Number six, Trey Smith drops a little bit from four. I had him drop. And uh, this is about where I had him. Uh, you know, he, it's not that Trey Smith declined. He did decline a little bit, technically speaking. But uh, it's not that he's having a horrible year at all. He's one of the best guards in football. He, he, it's just the reality. He's the, one of the best guards in football. His grades are, are spot on. He's been a godsend. And this is a guy that, that people, people disregarded in the draft because of a heart condition. And and he went and got picked up at at in the what sixth round. I mean, Chiefs get a steal, and the guy winds up being one of the best rookies and one of the best guards in football. So yeah, I'm down with Trey Smith. He should be on this list right now. So I, I'm I'm with it. Number five, Micah Parsons um, stays right in the same spot. I moved Parsons up my list. Um, he really really has had a great couple of games. He, he, and he's dug himself out of the cellar 
you noticed his his PFF grades have gone up, 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 up. Ever since he dropped down to that 60, he, he's gone back up. Now he's sitting at a 79. Um, I like Micah Parsons, and, and this is one of those, and, you know, he's already getting that consideration for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's having himself a, a solid time now. He's, he's coming back around to, to the guy we expected him to be and the guy we saw early on in the season. Yeah, I'm totally down with, uh, with Micah Parsons being uh, as high as he is. I mean, I think he's in, right in the right spot. Lots of sacks, lots of pressures. I mean, we talked about it, and, and he's been doing it well for, uh, for Dallas. He did it well for them on, on Thanksgiving. He looked great. So yeah, Micah Parsons, he's a monster and and really he's he's the favorite for everybody to be defensive rookie of the year. So yeah, big big ups for Micah Parsons. Number 4, Mac Jones up from 6. He continues his upward trajectory. Um do I think he's going to be rookie of the year? No. I mean, could I see him being named rookie of the year at this point? Yeah. Uh but for us, I don't think he's going to wind up being considered rookie of the year. But Mac Jones, he is um, he's fantastic. He has been fantastic for the Patriots. And, and there are certain things that are missing about Mac Jones. I think he's game managing really well. You know, that's, that's kind of what, what, we're, what we're looking at with Mac Jones. But he's playing Belichick football. This is, this is the Belichick scheme that worked well for Tom Brady, and he's doing it to perfection week over week over week over week over week. Mac Jones deserves to be on this list. Um, and, and really I, I love everything he's doing over there. I think he's a perfect fit. Number three, Rashawn Slater, right the same spot from last week. Yeah. I moved him up a little bit. I saw that. Yeah. I moved him up. Uh, Slater has been lights out at that offensive tackle position. Um, he has been one of, if not the best or well, he's one of the best offensive linemen. Um, and he's, he's ranked one of the one of the highest offensive tackles in all of football i mean and his grade only went up so last week his his grade was was down uh, uh at around 79 ish this week his overall grade he's looking at an 82.6 which is awesome he's only allowed three sacks this season he's only allowed three pe- had three penalties this season this guy's a really good, really, really great offensive tackle. And they got a steal on him. Like, And I keep saying, I predicted him before the draft to be the best offensive tackle. I said I thought he was going to be better than, than Panay Sewell. And here we are. I, and and Panay Sewell isn't even a, a footnote on our list. And Rashawn Slater sitting at number two on mine. Number three on our cumulative. So, yeah, I this is kind of where he needs to be. Number two, Jamar Chase, last at one. Yep. I saw this coming as soon as he had, you know, Jamar Chase, he's getting in the end zone. Good for him. And it's not that I think Jamar Chase is having himself a bad year, but suddenly Jamar Chase seems to be figured out in the last three weeks. We said he had about a three-week cushion, and he has used up the three-week cushion. And they have hit a run of some tough teams, too, but... But yep. I mean, Jamar Chase is still a very big and important part of his offense, but he's has slowed down quite a bit. But it's it's I, I and I, I also I, but I still still stand by that because like a forty yard get day is still considered a good day if you're number one. I I think it's actually been more about not what Chase hasn't been doing, but what our what number one has been doing, and that's right. Creed Humphrey, who I also put at one. 
Yeah, I, I put Creed, Creed Humphrey at one. Um, the the problem I have with Jamar Chase, and and yeah, okay, 40 yards is a good day, but he hasn't even been putting up 30 yard, or 40 yards in the last, you know, two out of the last three weeks. It's been 32-49-32. And in the 49-yard day, he didn't get a touchdown. I think the only thing that, that and, and really, in my opinion, and, and I think also in your opinion, if, if he doesn't score those touchdowns against Vegas and the Jets, and he has 32-49-32 with no touchdowns, I think this is a completely different story. I think Jamar Chase hits number three on the cube. He still, he still wouldn't for me. I, I would I would honestly probably put him lower on my list. I think he's I think he's still got a two game cushion over Slater, and and that might very well be the case. Slater's been been playing really consistent. Uh, still talk about a guy that's I mean that's that's sixth in the league in yards. Uh, he's uh, third in the league in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So I, I to me he's, regardless of the, of the of the of this last couple games slowdown he's he's still one of the best players in this league and, and right now the second best rookie has, do you think people have figured him out? No, I, I don't. I think it's just a, it's just a, 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 a lull. And it might very well be. Um, one thing about, uh, you know, Jamar chase to me, I, and, and he's no longer, I'm going to, I'm going to, because I, I know you like to use a lot of trigger words with me to try and, and get my goat. Um, because you know I'm a big Justin Jefferson fan, and you know I'm a Viking fan, so you, I know you like to like to kind of get my goat by using said trigger words. But you have been using trigger words for the last several weeks, like Jamar Chase is set to absolutely disgustingly shatter the record. Like, and at one point he was, but that's no longer the case. Except for 1474, he's on pace for that, um, which definitely isn't shattering the record anymore. But uh, you know, I know but at one point in time, he was on pace for 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 uh, Calvin's record. Right. But that's, I, I'm aware. Not, but we're no longer there. Like the last few weeks have definitely been a massive slowdown. It's It's been a massive drop because if, you, if you're talking about on pace to beat Calvin's record, which is over 1900 yards, that's a 600 yard drop off, particularly in the last three games. I mean, that's that's a massive drop off. So. Jamar Chase, I, I do think he's, you know, him falling is not a surprise to me. It's it's really not. Um, I, after, especially, you know, I knew he, I had had him drop the last couple of weeks. I, I had him drop and because Creed Humphrey has been playing so well. And and moving on to Creed, Creed Humphrey as our number one. Yeah, this, this one has be kind of become a no-brainer. And he just keeps getting better. That's the crazy thing. Is like his. He's only allowed one sack. Yeah. His PFF grades keep getting higher and higher and higher week over week. Like, I didn't think there was much further for him to go. You know, I I really didn't. I, I thought that Creed Humphrey was was like, okay, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna top off and that's gonna be it for him. And we're not gonna be talking about Creed Humphrey anymore. This guy, he took his PFF grades from like mid 80s to a 91.1. Like <laughs> It's insane. And he's also only only allowed. He's only gotten one, three penalties on him. Three penalties, one sack, and he's played seven hundred and eighty nine snaps. Like like this is impressive. This is absolutely impressive. I, I he's he's 
probably one of the best linemen in football, if not the best lineman in football. I, I mean, can you can you argue it? I mean, it's hard to. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, look, and and here's another thing. I mean, look at look at this. Creed Humphrey, run blocking grade ninety two point seven, pass blocking grade seventy seven point one. I I mean, he's only allowed one hit. He's only allowed eight pressures. I mean, it's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. I think he. He might very well be. He's like, it's one of those linemen, those game-changing linemen that we've seen year over year over year. He's like a Quentin Nelson with with how good he is. Just, uh, uh, I, I think he's lights out. You're going to be talking about Creed Humphrey for a long time in this league as one of the best. Yeah, he's he's the number he's the number one center in terms yep. of PFF. Was yeah. he pulling guards? Uh, he'd be. If you're pulling everybody, he'd be uh, fuck. Um, fourth yeah. lineman <laughs> in terms of PFF grade. Yeah, I mean the, the the guy's amazing. So Creed Humphrey is now leading our rookie of the year rankings, and uh, that we that's our rookie of the year rankings uh, moving forward. We'll uh, we're gonna keep an extra close eye on old Jamar Chase here. And uh, see where he's headed, but uh, Rashawn Slater is now nipping at his heels. So we could see Jamar drop off a little more here, and Mac Jones is also nipping at his heels. So going to be fun there. Now, Tyler, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to jump into uh, our news around the league. We're going to jump into uh, our predictions. So we've got a little bit left. We'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage. You get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, no Get ready And welcome back to Upside Clips I'm your host, Tyler Okay. Oh, we're changing it up a little bit. <laughs> fabulous. He's, he's, trying to, he's trying to feel fresh? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a tad. Is it because that's what the cool kids are doing? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> no, it's, only, it's only cool. Well, are the Ravens doing it? Because it's only cool if the Ravens do it, right? Not true. <laughs> um, but welcome back, folks, to the Outside Blitz. Um, we are... Just ready to rock and roll on some news here. I, you know, Tyler. Every week, I feel like there's some obnoxious, ridiculous stuff that's going on in the in the world of football off the field, 
And uh, we've we've got one that is just one of those annoying, ridiculous things. Uh, the Vikings, they've placed defensive end Everson Griffin on the non-football injury reserve list. Um, the Everson, I, I guess from my understanding, he posted some pretty disturbing Instagram uh, photos or videos of him in his house with a gun, saying there was somebody in his house, somebody was trying to kill him. Um, and, and, you know, we had, we had all this, this, you know, the cops were around his house and they were trying to get him out of the house and he refused to leave his home. And, uh, he said that people were out to get him and kill him and hurt him and, and whatever else, you know, when Everson Griffin got signed by the Vikings, the first words out of my mouth were, you know, is how on the straight and narrow is he going to be? That was my, when he got re-signed. Yeah. When he got re-signed. I mean, that, that was the question, because a few years ago, Everson Griffin went off the deep end. We remember that. And people people remember him trying to break into Trey Waynes' home and then, you know, jumping out of the ambulance and running around without a shirt on in the middle of wintertime and then walking into a hotel and, you know, accosting people with a gun and saying he's going to kill some motherfucker in here and calling him racist and all this other crazy stuff that he was doing just randomly and all of his teammates were looking at him like what the hell is going on with Everson Griffin and I was almost waiting for this moment because I didn't know which Everson Griffin was going to show up and which Everson Griffin was you know like it, the moment that he was just going to snap and, and fall off the deep end and here it is it, it finally it finally came and Everson Griffin has played extremely well this year I mean, he he really has. We we can't uh, we can't say he hasn't. But I, I'm. He finally came out of his home. It was a day long thing. He finally comes out. Everson Griffin, Tyler. What what is your take on Everson Griffin? Where do you think he is? In the, I mean, this is. I mean, is he done? Are we are we talking about Everson Griffin's career being done? What what? Is, Man, I don't I don't know. This is. This has been a weird one. I, I don't even know if Everson Griffin knows where Everson Griffin is at. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, mental health is a hell of a thing, and we've talked about it briefly at times. And this is definitely one of the situations that he definitely needs to get the right help, but he, he also needs to accept that help. Right, and and he wound up getting that help. Um, wound up getting that help. Uh, I mean, they, they took him to the hospital, and obviously they – they had him put in for a psychiatric evaluation. He's not going to play on Sunday. He'll be out, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, and and they're going to have uh, DJ Wanham from from the old former Michigan State kid, if I'm not mistaken, taking over for him. Um, Wanham, you know, he's obviously not Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin has has played well. They're also going to have and and one guy that I'm I'm pretty excited to see um it's it was one of their draft picks from this year i i forget his name now it, it, patrick jones is going to jump in uh, in his place which is a guy that we I, i'm excited to see a lot of people thought he was going to be a stud so we're going to see how he works out but yeah this this is interesting this is an interesting situation i hope everson griffin gets the help that he needs but the vikings obviously lose a huge piece going into this this week against a a, a decent 49ers team that has been hot recently um yeah just a, a wild thing and I don't know that Everson Griffin like I, I think he's gonna play out this year but I don't know that Everson Griffin winds up back on any NFL team because these type of situations and this type of baggage 
is the exact thing that an NFL team doesn't want to deal with. Am I right? 100%. Yeah. And, and that's where I think we're at with Everson Griffin. So hopefully he gets the help he needs. But, yeah, that's that's kind of where it's at. Um, other off-the-field stuff, you know, we talked a little bit about the Matt Nagy saga and, and the dumpster fire that is the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy, I think he's done after this season. I don't think uh, – he might even be done before the season's even out. I don't think they're going to mid-season dump him here. But uh, Matt Nagy, I mean, how are you going to tell everybody in the world that – I'm going to fire my head coach. Well, I don't think they meant for that to be out. Yeah, I mean, but regardless. I mean, you basically said win, lose, or draw. And they kind of painted themselves into, into a corner here. I mean, I'm going to fire my head coach, uh, win, lose, or draw if he if he uh, loses on Thanksgiving, right? And and they, they wind up – I mean, why even say it? Why even say it? Well, just do it. I mean, if you at the end of the day, just do it. <laughs> it just seems silly to me. Um, I think Matt Nagy's gone after this season. I think you're going to be talking, to be honest with you, I think Eric Bieniemy is going to wind up in Chicago. I don't think he's going to wind up in Minnesota. Um, if, if As long as Zimmer winds up getting fired, I think you're talking about Kellen Moore in Minnesota. But I, I think Eric Bieniemy Zimmer's not going anywhere. What was it? Who, Moore? Zimmer. I, I, it depends. If, if they win, I think short of a Super Bowl, he's gone. No, if they hit the playoffs, there's no, there's no way they fire him. Zero percent chance. See, and that's where you're wrong. And because when they said that, so last time Mike Zimmer in 2019 made the playoffs against the the Saints, um, they said they were planning on firing him, and then he beat the Saints. So and they didn't because they made the playoffs. They no, they they didn't fire him because he beat the Saints in the playoffs. They were going to fire him. And then they came out and and they they came out and beat the Saints in the in the wild card round. But before that point, regardless of whether or not he made the playoffs, they were going to fire him. Actually, I'm going to double I'm going to double down and say that no matter what, he gets one more year at this point. I, I don't think he does. And and they miss he gets one more year. I think short of a short of a Super Bowl, short of a Super Bowl, I think Mike Zimmer needs to go. And and I think I think people are on board with that. And I think the Vikings organization is kind of on that same wavelength. They want a Super Bowl, and they need to give them a Super Bowl. You know, they... they I, 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 I agree or disagree with that. I just think that they're going to give them one, year, one more year, even if they were to lose out because one more year. I, I think it's crazy. Um, and then also more off-the-field nonsense. Uh, Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, he pleads guilty to a misdemeanor gun charge where he had a loaded gun on his person but failed to tell a police officer during a traffic stop. Marshawn Lattimore has been something of a distraction um, this, this season. Has he not? He definitely has. It's, I mean, not quite as bad as uh, Michael Thomas, but uh, no, it's, no, no, no. Been, it's been bad. Definitely not. But yeah, he he's been something of a distraction. Uh, we, we've been talking about gun charges and stuff for for uh, Lattimore and all kinds of other nonsense. And here we are once again, Marshawn Lattimore. Um, and and he, he finally I, I guess it gets resolved at this point because it is a misdemeanor and he did plead guilty. He's not going to spend any jail time. It's a misdemeanor. Um, but yeah, Mar- Marshawn Lattimore, I, I think he should be suspended for for a certain period of time, don't you? Right. Uh- yeah, probably. I mean, that that would be consistent. It'd be consistent with the NFL's off-field policy, right? I mean, that, that's for sure. Kind of, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So, yeah, Marshawn Lattimore, he deals with that. Now, we did have some uh, injuries around the league here. 
Uh, first and foremost, one of the big ones here, A.J. Browns to miss the week, the week 12 matchup versus the Patriots with the chest injury. What else is new? Uh, A.J. Brown, I, I mean, are you? I expect the Patriots to just pound the, the Titans at this point, don't you? I, I kind of do. Yeah. It, the whole dynamic's changed, and I was just talking over – over some turkey, I was just talking to my dad about it, and well, and I, I was talking to Aaron too, and and we kind of agreed like the two. If if you were to pick um, the two hottest teams in football right now, and, and say that's your Super Bowl right now, and we 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 all agreed it was uh, Patriots versus Vikings. Mm-hmm. At this exact moment, they're, they're the two hottest teams, or two of at least, but. Right. Patriots for sure. I think that's the guaranteed hottest team in football. But then after that, you could make some arguments for other teams too. But Patriots are hot. Yep. Patriots are very hot. Patriots are hot, and I think the Titans are somewhat falling apart. They're losing all of their weapons. All of their weapons are just going bye bye. I mean, that's that's where we're at here. I mean, they, they you, Julio's hurt. AJ Brown's hurt. You know, obviously Derrick Henry's hurt. I mean, they 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 had Taylor Luan hurt. I mean, they, they've got a ton of players. I think the the Titans are starting to fall apart, you know, at the seams here because of all of the injuries that they're suffering. Yeah, and and but I, at the same note, um, you have a team in the Ravens that that is basically totally the other the rest of the league. You can't use injuries as an excuse. We're not right, and yeah. and so the Titans got got to figure it out. They have now, to. To be fair, to be fair, in that in that same right here. Most of the skill set players, right, that that the the uh, Ravens have lost, have been at the running back position. Yeah, but you also lost Peters. You lost Stanley. Um, Ravens still have the most salary cap spent on IR. Yep, and, and I agree with that. I just have from an offensive perspective, and that's been the problem for the Titans. It hasn't been their defense. The Titans' defense has has been really really good. No, and I, I guess my point is um. As an NFL franchise, you 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 have to be a next man up mentality, and and a lot of teams don't do that well. Yeah, and I think the, their offense is is what is struggling, and I think it all because of most of their injuries are on the offensive side of the football, and it's all of their top skill set guys. You know, it, it, see at least when the the Ravens had all those running backs go down, you you still had Hollywood on the field, right? You still had. Uh, um, you, you, and then when Bateman came back, you wound up getting Bateman back. You still have Mark Andrews on the field. I mean, and th- those are, are key players. When when I look at, at what the Titans currently have and the situation the Titans currently have, they don't have a tight end. And both their top receivers are down. Their top running back is down. They don't have a tight end because they, they, they let them walk. Right. And and that's on them. That is on them. I'll, I'll say that. But but at the end of the day, they don't they don't have anything. They, they really don't have anything. And that's where I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, they're, they've lost all of their skill set players. So I'm kind of up in the air on the Titans. I, I think that, that if they get their skill position guys back, we might be having a different discussion about, uh, about the Titans. But, but it's going to require them to get A.J. Brown back on the field, and it's going to require them to get Julio Jones back on the field. Right? A.J. Brown, yes. I know you're not big on Julio. But I, and that's and that's the thing. Julio is one of my favorite receivers of all time. Mm-hmm. One of my like, he might even be my favorite receiver. And I'm not saying the best of all time. I'm saying my favorite. I love Julio Jones and have for a very long time. But Julio is not even a shadow of what he once was. 
Yeah, Julio I, right now couldn't lace lace the boots of of any receiver in football, pretty much. Well, any any number one receiver in football. Yeah, I was gonna say any number one because yeah. I think a lot of receivers out there that he's still better than. Right but, now, Julio should be should be um carrying Elijah Moore's bags. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. So the Titans, um, you know, they're they're going to be without AJ Brown this week. I think they get dominated by the tight or by the uh, Patriots, but we'll you know we'll go through that in the the predictions time. Um, next up, another huge injury. It was a Thanksgiving injury. Bills corner Tre'Davious White is out for the season with a torn ACL. I think the Bills are falling apart. I think they have grossly under underperformed this year. We were talking about them being Super Bowl contenders. I don't think it's the case anymore. I think the Bills are divisional round and out. I think they have underperformed so much. I'm not sold on it. Bills and are, are toast right now. I hate to say it, but I I think the uh, – and granted, a little bit of a spoiler alert because, because Thursday games did happen and there was a, a much better of a bounce-back game. But even with that Bills win over the Saints yesterday or Thursday – I think the Patriots win this division. Yep, I agree. I agree, and and this is the Patriots' division to lose now. Really, it's their division to lose because they are so red hot. The defense is playing so well. Mac Jones is playing really solid game managing football. The Patriots, I, I would was the I, balls in both their court because. They still haven't played each other once yet. I would go as far as saying that I believe the Patriots could be Super Bowl contenders. And you called right crazy on that two weeks ago. I did. I did. And now I'm seeing this team going, oh, my God. They, they really are. He was right. Like, so like, <clears throat> what if the next week? Out because the jury was still out. It, it really was because, you know, Mac Jones started getting real hot and it was like, eh, I don't know. But now seeing him the last two weeks, oh, shit, <laughs> it really could be now. Like, this is this is interesting. He called it early. And and I, I'm I'm not going to I'm not one of those folks that's going to jump on one good performance or two good performances and say, oh, man, look at that. That's a Super Bowl contender. Now we're we're talking consistency we've seen great performances one to two weeks hell sam darnold we saw him really great for three weeks and then what right so you got to give me more than i i need to see consistency and and the patriots weren't giving me consistency at first and then in the recent four weeks they've been giving me a lot of consistency particularly mac jones so and and really the patriots defense so yeah i i'm where I called Ray crazy a couple weeks ago, he was probably pretty right, and he called it early. Good on him. But I'm I'm just not one of those guys that's going to jump off the bandwagon. Well, he, I mean, he he called it after after a few good weeks, and now we're at we're talking like we're at like five now. Yeah, we're about four but, or five weeks in here. But here's the question: Next week they play for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the Bills were to go in and and smack the fuck out of the Patriots and win by like twenty? then we might be having a different conversation. It's really a seesaw right now. For both so the problem is, is Bills, what I'm going to say is Bills on their A game 
is five times the team the Patriots are. I agree. But when Bills are off, they're about twice as bad as the team Patriots are. I also agree. Their highs are much higher, but their lows are lower. But it's not it's not as high as the high because because their Bills highs are 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 stud. We've seen them. Right. And two days ago is a, is a prime example of that. Yes, I agree. Because very good Saints defense. They go in and and smack them around. They did. And, and that's my problem with the Bills. The, the Bills still could very well win this division. I mean, the schedule's tough, but I don't think Bills can be consistent enough to go through the playoffs to the Super Bowl. Yep. And where I thought they could last year, and where I where I thought they could th- moving into this year in the off season, I thought they could. They they won't. They can't. I, I I think they're divisional. I think they're a divisional round team, and I think that's about as far as you're going. Really, I, I do. I do. I think that's about as far as it's going to go. And, and they're not going to go any further after that. I, so I, I agree. Yeah, I, I believe in that. And, and that's going to be an interesting situation. Um, elsewhere in that division, we, we talked about it earlier. Jets placed quarterback Joe Flacco and Mike White on the COVID reserve list. Zach Wilson set to start. Uh, are we are we excited for Zach Wilson to get the start here? I, I want to see how he looks. I, I, I'm hoping he looks well because I still think Zach Wilson has a shot, but he's got a lot to prove. Yeah, they're, they're, he does have a lot to prove. Um, another guy with a lot to prove, uh, well, first of all, continuing in Jets land, uh, Jets running back Michael Carter has been ruled out with an ankle injury for Week 12. It's kind of a blow to them. It, it really is. But I, I want to see if, if uh, you know, Ty Johnson steps up. A lot of people are talking about Tevin Coleman stepping up. Who do you think takes over the workload there? Man, I don't know. I want to say Tevin Coleman, but um, but Coleman's Coleman's proved to me, and and this is good. this is one of those situations where I I get to I get to do pull pull a uh, vintage Scott Ryan. I get to go. I get to rewind rewind time and say, I told you so. On Tevin Coleman's not a back. In this league, a starting running back in this league, you loved him when he left Atlanta. And he played well in Atlanta. Yeah, but the but the moment he left Atlanta, you were all over on how he's going to be. I, I believe it was uh, Niners. Oh, and how he's going to be the next Niners or, or, or Arizona? Is, is, he's in the West somewhere. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a good fit. And really- he and since he left Atlanta, he's been a straight bust. Yes, I agree. And I called he was going to be a straight bust. I I I I, I called him the I called him the Nick Foles of running backs. He's good when he needs to, when he needs to come in, but don't rely on him to be to be your starting running back. I think Ty Johnson is the better running back over there right now. Which is crazy from from the free fall that, that from you loving Coleman to here we are and talking about Ty Johnson. Ty freaking Johnson, who's not that good, is better than Devin Coleman. Well, and and that's another thing. Ty Johnson is a guy that has never really gotten a true. A true opportunity, and I would agree. I would agree on that. He's he's been just a journeyman backup. Yeah, he and I wouldn't even say you know journeyman. I mean, his his career. I mean, twenty one, twenty two. I mean, he 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 has not been given real NFL time. I mean, he was drafted by Detroit in twenty nineteen, and he hasn't been given true on the field time. He, he was barely given it in Detroit, and when he and and he, I, I believe that Ty Johnson could could be a, a rock star. I do. It depends on how many attempts they give him, how much love they give him, 
I mean, in the let's see, four here's here's the the telling stats to me, and and maybe it's just me. Against the Patriots, 12 attempts, 50 yards. This is a very good Patriots defense. 12 attempts for 50 yards, a 4.2 average. Against the Broncos, three attempts, 17 yards, 5.7 average. Against the Falcons, four attempts, 12 yards. He had a three average. Bengals, four attempts, 15 yards, 3.8 average. Colts, four attempts, 21 yards, 5.3 average. It, it, it kind of is telling to me. And, and th- not only can he catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's done that effectively, but, you know, this is one of those discussions that I had about Austin Eckler a while back. I did. When I thought, I, I, yeah, I was about to say, I, I don't think that Chai Johnson is a, a pure running back. I, I think he could serve as a very, a very good change of pace guy in the right. It, it, let him actually work the way like Eckler or Kamara do. I'm not saying he's going to be that good because he probably wouldn't, but I, I think he has the opportunity to be a pretty good offensive weapon for a team. Yeah, I think that they're, that's what they're kind of utilizing him as, but. I want to see who gets the opportunities there, whether it's going to be Coleman or whether it's going to be Ty Johnson. We're going to see, but it's likely going to be Coleman and we'll see if Coleman blows up. We'll see if Coleman has himself a, one of those games, but uh, you know, I, to be honest with you, I'm kind of rooting for Ty Johnson. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've got of rooting for him, but I want to see. Um, also when we were talking about QBs that had to, uh, prove themselves, one QB that is having trouble proving himself quarterback, Justin Fields dealing with cracked ribs with the bears right now, you know, Boston Fields, man is, I, I, I still think he's a bust. I stand by it. Are, are we still on that same page here? Yeah, we are. Um, look at the game last week. Uh, the, the, the reason bears took the, took the lead late was when Andy Dalton came in the game. Yep. And and if you looked at even before the injury happened to Justin Fields, he was only four for 11. He, against what's, I mean, it, 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 it still feels weird to say this, but against what's been a very bad, low-ranked ra- low Ravens defense. Yep. So I, I look at it and I go, eh, Justin Fields looks, he's doing Justin Fields things. That's just kind of how I see that. I, I don't buy Justin Fields. I haven't bought Justin Fields for a while. And and uh, I, I believe he's a bust. I still think he's a bust. And here we are, Boston Fields, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed. So that's that's where we are on old Justin Fields. See, I don't I don't always get them all right, you know, but this one I definitely hit the no the nail on the head. I may have gotten Josh Rosen wrong, Tyler, but <laughs> I got I definitely hit Justin Fields right. Um, next up for the Browns, Browns running back Kareem Hunt and offensive tackle Jack Conklin. They're expected to return from IR and play versus the Ravens. Are you excited about that, Tyler? Not at all. (laughs) I wouldn't be either. (laughs) Nervous as hell about this game. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a a fun game having those. Because you don't know what Browns, well, you don't know what Browns or Ravens team you're going to get. And you don't know what Baker Mayfield you're going to get. That's that's the thing that kind of gets me is you don't know which Baker Mayfield's going to show up week to week because some weeks he looks like a world beater and then other weeks he looks like he's he's you know trash we I, and and apparently the locker room is turning on him yeah this this game is going to be a wild one and uh, I'm I'm kind of uh, interested to see which which direction it goes but yeah having Kareem Hunt and Jack Conklin back on the field that's a a big uh, 
that is a, a, a big boon for, for uh, you know, the Brownies there. So next up, you've got the, uh, the Bucks. Their offensive guard, Ali Marpet, is doubtful to play uh, Sunday versus the Colts. He's got an oblique injury. That's a big hit for them, is it not? I mean, not having Ali Marpet on the field, the Colts are playing hot. That defensive pass rush is is pretty phenomenal. You got Quiddy Pay starting to hit home. I mean, this is a big big issue for them right now, isn't it? It is. It it really really is. Yeah, I I like Ali Marpet, and then also the Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown out for his fifth game in a row with an ankle injury. I I'm starting to think that Antonio Brown isn't going to be re-signed by the Bucks after this season. I would agree. Yeah, I, I think that's where we're headed because the Bucks are still doing well without him. I like the idea of Antonio Brown being on the field, and I know Tom Brady likes him a lot, but I'm also kind of feeling like, eh, mm-hmm, Tom Brady doesn't really need him. So I, I don't think Antonio Brown remains a Buccaneer after the season if this injury stuff continues. This is five weeks in a row. So now we're getting a little iffy for him at this point. Uh, next, next up, you got the Giants. Giants running back Saquon Barkley now listed as questionable again with an ankle injury. Are the Giants just going to start looking for a new star running back at this point? No, I, I think, I think they they got Barkley back too soon for injury because that injury looked gruesome as hell, and I think we all kind of scratched our heads when they said, "Oh, he'll be back in three weeks." Like he shouldn't be. Yeah, he shouldn't be. I no. I I still stand behind Barkley being a top five running back in this league, and and uh, he 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 started off very good before the injury. He's capable. Of it. I I think they rushed him back. I think that this is a, this is a case of the CMCs where you or and and Matt Breida where you rush the guy back before they should they should have been brought back. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. I think they rushed him back. Um, but Saquon, the problem is is that he he has an injury bug. We're talking a durability issue at this point. There is a major durability issue. Um, and no, because the the um, last year, yeah, that, that was an injury that just kind of happened. This year was like a straight up like freak injury. Like we, I, I believe a player landed on him weird. Yeah, that that would have happened to no matter what durable player there is. Like so, sometimes the injuries when you have like that force sitting on you, there's nothing you can do about it. To me, yeah. the durability comes into play like on injuries. I'll use uh uh shoot, what's his name? It's funny I said what's his name because like because he's my favorite player. Uh, Dennis Pitta. Oh God. Now that is a, that that is a durability issue because like he had what three or four non-contact hip injuries. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I get it. Saquon is is a, a I, his his injuries all come from contact. But the problem is you're a running back. You're a running back. You're good. You you're taking contact. Yeah, but I, and and I understand that. But for me, like the landing on type 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 stuff, you 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 almost can't put on like 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 when like when a player lands on a lineman's knees, like what do you want to do? What do you, what do you, what do you want me to do? Right, right. I mean, to me, I I'm standard saying, contact. I totally agree with you. But I think the ankle injury was kind of like a it was truly a wrong place, wrong time. Saquon went into the season injured, um, and and he was he was listed as questionable from the rip. Uh, I, I just see Saquon every year down and he had the one good year. And then after that, it was, he's been hurt every year. It's torn ACL this and, and, you know, uh, uh, shoulder that and, you know, concussion this and ankle that like it, it always seems like Saquon is dealing with something. If I'm the giants and I, I realized that, you know, if I'm the giants, Devonte Booker is not the guy. If I'm the giants. I'm just going, eh, 
I'm going to go into that draft and I'm going to start start digging around. And I'm going to put Saquon on the block and get what I can for him and then go and get the more durable running back. Because at a certain point, I have to get a running back that can withstand the contact, whether it's a guy landing on him or whatever the case may be. I have to get a running back that can stay on the field. And thus far, Saquon Barkley has simply not stayed on the field. I mean, he he just hasn't. As much as I like Saquon, as as, as good of a running back a few years ago, we were we were talking about Saquon Saigon, you know, and, and all that, those jokes. I just, I, I can't buy him anymore. You know, at a certain point, you get burned by the guy so much. It's like, eh, I, I can't deal with that. Um, other guys that are on the, on the Giants that are hurt, Sterling Shepard, he's been ruled out for week 12 with a quad injury. Uh, wide receiver Kadarius Tony and tight end Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Tony with a quad injury, Kyle Rudolph with an ankle injury. Both those guys listed as doubtful. So the Giants missing some key cogs again, more injuries for the old Giants. Um, I mean, are they are I, I think the Giants are are basically well, obviously we know they're cooked for the year. I mean, that let's just say that, but um they need to start looking for other skill position players that are going to be healthy for this team. Am I right? I mean, can we can we just move on from the Sterling Shepherds of the world and, and stuff like that? I agree. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of where they're at. Um, next up for in Packer land, the Packers running back Aaron Jones, he has a knee injury, and Alan Lazard has a shoulder injury. Both those guys are listed as questionable for Week 12. Cornerback uh, Kevin King, he has a hip and knee injury. He's listed as doubtful. Uh, Kevin King has obviously been a big hit for this Packers defense. As you know, there are there's always been questions about Kevin King, about how good he is, and Oh, is he going to be, you know, some weeks he's on and some weeks he's off, but I think he still is a key cog to that, that Packers um, defense and that Packers secondary. So it is kind of a loss for him. Aaron Jones and Alan Lazard. I mean, Rogers has still been getting it done in spite of his injury, which Rogers also has a fractured toe, but um, you know, what are we, uh, what are we looking at here? I mean, Aaron Jones, I mean, We've got a, another running back in AJ Dillon that has been performing well um, with Aaron Jones gone. Do you think they they can move on from Aaron Jones? Uh, is AJ Dillon going to test the market? What do you think goes on with that running back situation? And I like Aaron Jones. I, I think he's a great asset to this team. But him being down and in the way AJ Dillon has been performing, it you you you, you have to consider it. And I, I think Dillon deserves a shot. I really do. Um, but he's he's only in his second year, so so you're, Dylan's gonna be on this team for a while. But so the gamble here is, you could go the route of uh, letting Aaron Jones go. You could. I don't because because you're you're not gonna trade Dylan right now. You're you're gonna take a massive cap hit trading away a second round rookie. Um, but Aaron Jones is they're in a weird shape because they, they they just resigned him. Yep, four years. Um. I think you're going to start to see um, Dylan get pulled in this offense more, and it's going to be a lot more of like an a la Browns type of scenario. Yeah. Um, but you can also see because Aaron Jones is also a pretty good change of pace guy too. He's yeah. he's one that can do both be the lead back as we've seen and also be the receiving game. So I think you might see Dylan take up a lot of the uh, snaps in the run game. Yeah, I agree. Then, uh, I, and, I, and then see Jones. Um, 
<clears throat> take to still take some of the carries, but then get be utilized a lot more out wide. Now, one thing I want to point out is uh, Aaron Jones does has a, have an out in his contract after the 2022 season, so they can let him go um, after 2022 for only a 6.5 million dead cap hit. So that might be the route if AJ Dillon keeps performing. I think the jury is sort of still out on Aaron Jones and and whether or not he's going to be a healthy guy moving forward. We'll have to see what he does in 2022, but right now it's not looking good for a guy you just resigned. Um, and, and, you know, it's an, an MCL injury is, is what the, the actual injury is. So we're going to find out, but yeah, Aaron Jones, he better be careful. But at the same time, I could see him staying because it seems like, cause you remember the contract he signed was very generous. It was, it was a pretty good contract. It, it seems like Jones wants to stay in green Bay and, and he might take, take a pay cut to stay. Yeah, it would it would depend, but I mean, if if Jones goes elsewhere, there's no doubt in my mind he's a number one back anywhere else in the state. Oh, for sure. You know, then that that could be what what happens with him. Uh, also in Packerland, the offensive lineman Elton Jenkins is out for the season with a torn ACL. That's a huge hit for them. He's a great player for them. He's been a good offensive lineman for them for a while. Um, so Jenkins goes down. Aaron Rodgers already has an injured toe. He says he's got a fractured toe right now. Is this just more bad news for Aaron Aaron Rodgers right now? Uh, it is. Uh, I, I think he's going to be kind of fine. I, I don't think it's going to have any long-term effects, but it seems like Aaron Rodgers is just always in, in, in our mentions. Yeah, always. He's always either doing something stupid or hurt. <laughs> it's, it's one thing or the other. Um, next up over in the lions and staying in the, uh, the NFC North, uh, running back Deandre Swift, he's considered day to day after suffering a shoulder injury on Thanksgiving versus the bears. Um, it was a little scary. He was down for a minute. Um, knowing what I know about shoulder injuries, having had some myself, I looked at it and went, Oh boy, that's a nasty one. Uh, this is a huge hit for the lions in spite of the fact that they're already cooked. I think they would be they would be uh, it, it would be in their best interest just to leave them on the sidelines, don't you? I I do like your season's done. Don't don't it, risk any long term injury because he's still one of the best backs in this league. And it, let him be healthy for your uh, your your rebound story next season. Right. Um, speaking of of NFC North guys, well, at least former NFC North guys, the Eagles cornerback Darius Slay has cleared concussion protocol. He's set to play on Sunday against the Giants. Uh, do you do you like uh, Darius? Uh, Darius Slay's been hot the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? He's he's been very good. I, th- I think he's always kind of been an, un- an underrated player. He's 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 always been very good in Detroit, and, and he's kind of he's kind of been quiet a little bit in Philly, but this year he's been good. Yep, yeah, he did fall off during his, his the end of his tenure in Detroit. He did have a, a pretty steep fall off, went out to uh, to Philly, and he's had a little bit of a rough go. But now, I mean, last couple of weeks, it seems like he's really getting his his groove back. And and this is probably the best I've seen Darius Slay play in about a year or two. Pretty impressive. I, I like this, uh, the, this newfound excitement that we're seeing out of Darius Slay. Um, and he's had a couple of pick sixes, which is, uh, you know, yep, we haven't seen that in quite some time from him. He's a good corner, uh, and and hopefully he's he's kind of coming back around to being the guy the the Darius Slay of old. Um, next up, and and also with the Eagles, they went and signed corner Avante Maddox to a three year twenty two point five million dollar extension. 
Maddox isn't a number one guy. <clears throat> I think we can all agree to that. But he's been very good for this Eagles team. He deserved the contract. And I thought the contract was very um, uh, reasonable. It was very cap-friendly, very team-friendly contract for, for Maddox to sign on, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, this, this was about perfect. It was about right for him. I, I thought that was a, a really solid contract, and, and they, they get a, a really you know a decent corner for a good price. So it was a good signing by them. Uh, next up, also with the, the signings, the Broncos went and signed wide receiver Cortland Sutton to a four-year, $60.8 million extension. Uh, Tyler, Cortland Sutton, you think, he's, uh, you think this is a fair deal, correct? 100%. Um, yeah. Sutton's going to be something special. I, I think he's the future of that franchise. I think, you know, he, he's not, I think he's 26 or 28 years old. He's kind of in his prime. He's had some injury issues. I want to see if he can stay healthy, stay on the field. So far, he's been he's been good this season. So I want to I want to see what we we wind up with um, as far as uh, Cortland Sutton goes. But I thought this was a good contract signing by them. They keep much their better numbers. than the Tim Patrick signing. Yeah, I think it's better than the Tim Patrick signing. Absolutely, much better than the Tim Patrick signing. Um, other signing, uh, the Saints go ahead and sign, and I'm going to say it, offensive weapon Taysom Hill to a four year, forty million dollar extension. Uh, it's 10 a year. I think this is a good signing for a guy who can do it all. He's, he's kind of a jack of all trades. He, he can play quarterback. He can play receiver. He can play running back. He's done it all for them. And, uh, he can be a starting quarterback for them. You don't believe it. I think he's a decent player. I think he's a really good player. And I think he's going to be something special. He's a, uh, he's a fantastic player. He's a great runner, great, great catcher. He can pass sometimes. <laughs> You really don't like him. Not not as the, as the as the starting quarterback. See, I like him as a starting quarterback. I, I think to, he, to throw five to six times a game. Yeah, sure, I like I, it a lot. I think he's the answer. I really do. I believe he's the answer over there for them at the at the starting quarterback position. But uh, I thought this deal was great. I th I think it's a good deal for them, and and I thought it was smart. It was it was just. Uh, a, a guy that is a key cog to that that offense that you need to keep around. He's a key guy that that uh, Sean Payton likes a lot. So I don't I don't blame them for signing him to this deal. I thought this was a very fair, very good deal for him. Uh, and also we we had uh, the Titans. They go ahead and waive running back Adrian Peterson, and they sign wide receiver Golden Tate to the practice squad, which is kind of an interesting move. I think they're kind of realizing they don't have any weapons for Ryan Tannehill over there. Um, Adrian Peterson obviously didn't do much of anything for them. So they just kind of let him walk. But, uh, Golden Tate, is he supposed to be, uh, is he supposed to be, you know, one of the guys that they're going to call up from the practice squad to, to fill in and, you know, kind of be the guy for, for Tannehill? I think they're, I think that's what they're going to try to do. But this, you know, this whole practice squad thing is interesting. Like, um, and I, I, I hate that. Um, I don't want to say that, that. They, 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 Ravens obviously didn't, didn't invent it, but it seems like ever since the Des Bryant to the practice squad last year, and then he eventually came to the main roster, it seems like, and and we kind of and we kind of like scratch our heads like, oh, if you if you're going to the practice squad, that that must mean that that, that you weren't that good type of thing. But it's kind of turned into where a lot of teams are are making these mid mid season signings of notable players and having them go on the practice squad and essentially. Not waste a lot rush a spot while they're getting used to the playbook type of mentality. Yeah, and it's not a bad thing. It's like going to the minors. 
Yeah, and it kind of – it obviously didn't start there, but it it kind of became more mainstream with well-known people with the Des Bryant one. Yes. And and, and then they did it again with with, uh, Le'Veon Bell and and, uh, 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 Freeman. Yep, and guys have to – they have to be careful. The teams do have to be careful when they put these guys in the practice squad because they can only call them up three times. So once you call them up that third time, it's either you got to keep them on your team or you got to dump them. Yeah, and usually once they call them up, they 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 stay up. Yeah, but and, and, but over the course of the last couple of weeks, I've seen a few guys get called up and then sent back down, and then called up and sent back down. I saw it with the the Vikings. I, I've seen it a couple of times. They've been calling guys up and sending them back down, and it just it seems silly to me. Just if you're going to call a guy up, just have him up. You know, and and they're, they're almost like sending him back down to the minors because somebody's coming off an injury or whatever the case. But, yeah, and and I I like it for the the, the sign the bringing people in and not using a roster spot where they get used to stuff. I don't like the call up sendbacks. That part I I don't like. Yeah, I'm not. It's this this new thing of of just kind of having them sit in practice squad, and it, because it is risky because it's risky in a way because if you're in a practice squad you can still sign with whoever, whoever you want. Right. But mid season if nobody's brought you in and odds are there's no risk of losing them. Yep, and when you send a guy down to the practice squad, they basically have to clear waivers at that point. They, they basically have to clear the waiver system. In a way. Yeah, so it, it, it kind of it becomes a, a weird circumstance. One guy that uh, didn't clear waivers this week, Dolphins go ahead and claim running back Philip Lindsay off of the waivers from the Texans. Um, this is the right call. I thought this was a smart move. I like Philip Lindsay. I've always liked Philip Lindsay. You have always liked Philip Lindsay. I feel like this is a guy that doesn't get a shot He's like, I keep making the comparison of, uh, comparison of him to Alfred Morris because he, he's a good running back that doesn't get a shot, that should get a shot. And I feel like he's just sitting there and nobody's using him. And the Dolphins, I think they made a right call here because simply because when your number one running back is Miles Gaskin, you know, there's a problem. Miles Gaskin is not a good running back. Can we just face that? He is not a top running back in this league. He has not been a good running back in this league. Miles Gaskin is not the answer, so you need to go find somebody that is the answer. And I truly believe that Philip Lindsay could be the answer to a team like Miami who needs a, a star running back or a good running back in this league who who can be a, a mid-range viable starter, don't you? I, I agree. I, I do think that Philip Lindsay is a lot like Eckler. I don't view Lindsay as being a pound the rock 30 times guy, but I believe he's a very important asset to any team as a change of pace guy, a high end change of pace guy. Even, even in spite of the fact that he played so well as a, as a high end number one back in Denver, he played pretty well as a high, but I I, I think he would, he benefits better when there's, there's another guy to kind of, to kind of lean on. And that may may be the case. I mean, you remember when he came in in Denver and he took over the the load and he did well, and then he had his injuries. And I just I don't know. I, I'm in a situation right now where I believe that uh, um, I I believe that he could be a number one back. I really do. And and people aren't giving this guy the opportunity. People you know kind of laugh him off these days, and I don't think they should. I think Philip Lindsay is a number one back in this league. I and, and I, might, I I think he could be. I uh, think he's, he's I, definitely a valuable asset that has no business being cut twice in this in one season. Like I what's what's happening right now? 
Yeah, it's a but, mess. It's a well, mess. It is the, an Alfred. The, the league's lucky. The, the league's lucky that Dolphins claimed him, and, 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 and you didn't let him um, make it to Baltimore. Yeah, he is. He is. What this is is a, this is an Alfred Morris sitting in fourth string mess. That's what this is, and I I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Um, we have a couple more injuries around the league. Uh, 49ers, speaking of running backs, 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell. Rib and finger injuries. He's listed as questionable for Sunday versus the Vikings. This is a big hit for the Niners. You're talking about Jamichael Hasty coming on. I know the Niners have one of those uh, one of those teams where they run the ball so effectively. And they run the ball like they can – I feel like they can just run it with anybody. But Elijah Mitchell has become the number one running back here. Hasn't he? Oh, he for sure has. Yeah. He's he's become the number one back. And uh, I, I believe that, that Elijah Mitchell is a, a, a top running back in this league. I think he's going to be one of the best running backs that they've got. And, and yeah, I'm 100% on board with it. But I don't think Jamichael Hasty, even though he's been good, and even though they play good ball, over there, and they play good a good run game over there. I don't think Jamichael Hasty is going to be the guy that's going to be, you know, blowing anything up this weekend against the Vikings. In spite of the fact that the Vikings have a bad run defense, am I right? I I would agree. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, next up, the Steelers' tight end Eric Ebron. He's out with a knee injury versus the Bengals. This is kind of a hit for them. Ebron hasn't been getting all of the love that he should be getting. Pat Fryermuth has become more of the the top dog over there at the tight end position. But when you're when you're talking about uh, uh, the tight end situation over there in in um, in, in Pittsburgh, I, I think that Eric Ebron is still a valuable asset. I think he's really more valuable in the red zone than anything else. But Pat is I mean, are you really are they? Do you think they're really sad about losing Ebron, even though he's been a little hot the last few weeks, or do you think Fryermuth is is still going to wind up being the guy there? Fryermuth had a. A, a rough little patch here, but I, but I, 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 I think in the, in the long run you're you're gonna you're gonna upgrade from Fry, from Ebron to Frymuth. I think Frymuth's gonna be very good. Yeah. I, but I, I still believe that Ebron has a place somewhere. Um, I don't know where it's going to be for sure, but he's gonna land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think Eric Ebron, he'll he'll land elsewhere, but but he's he's uh the the injury. Is what what is is going to be causing the ruckus for Eric Ebron? If Eric Ebron could stay healthy, I think that that the, he'd be the number one in Pittsburgh, no doubt. I, I I think it's no doubt. Even though even though Fryermuth has been hot the last couple of weeks, he hits he hits a rough patch here, and and Eric Ebron steps up. Maybe it's just the fact that people that Pat Fryermuth is drawing coverages off of Ebron, and that's why Ebron is getting open because Fryermuth did have a really hot streak where he was getting a touchdown or two every game, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and maybe that's, that's just why Ebron's been open. But, yeah, I, I, I like Eric Ebron. I, I, do I think it's like a monster loss for the Steelers? No, but I do think it's a loss for the Steelers. Uh, next up, the Chargers cornerback Asante Samuel. He's set to miss Week 12 to versus the Broncos due to a concussion. Samuel was a guy we were talking about early on in our, uh, in our rookie rankings here as a guy that we really thought was going to be something spectacular. And he fell off. I still think he's a good player. I still think he's a solid corner. I still think this is a big hit for the Chargers here. Don't you? I, I agree. I, I, I do agree. Yeah. 
I, I think they, they, they needed corner help for a while and they, they finally got it in the form of Asante Samuel. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a big hit for them. And an even bigger hit for the Jags is cornerback Shaquille Griffin. He's set to miss week 12 with a uh, concussion versus the Falcons. Concussions uh, going wild here. This one is a big hit for the Jags, even though the Jags, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of cooked already anyway. I still think this is a big hit for the Jags um, in this situation, don't you? Yeah, I, I do. I, I do. it. And, and, and a team that's not very good, he's one of the bright spots. Yeah, and he's their number one corner over there. So, I mean, it, it's. It's one of those situations where you know they're it's already bad. It's it's like oh, okay, we're it's already a dumpster fire. Let's just go dump gas on it. That's that's kind of what what we're looking at now. So next up, Tyler, that's all for our news around the league, and uh, we've got our predictions for Week Twelve, and uh, then we're going to be scooting out out of here. We did, like I said, we picked the Bears, the Cowboys, and the Bills. Both of us did. Uh, we went two and one in those predictions. So um, the Bears did beat the Lions 16 to 14. The Raiders did beat the Cowboys 36 33. The Bills go out and dominate the Saints 31 to 6. So now, Tyler, we've got the rest of our predictions. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. And here are your predictions for week 12 in the NFL, starting off with the Falcons and the Jags. I'm going to go ahead and say Falcons here, even though the Jags um, really have a good shot to win. And I think James Robinson could be hot. The Falcons, they don't have anything other than Kyle Pitts. I, uh, but I'm, I'm still going to go Falcons here because I think, you know, Matt Ryan's going to do just enough. And without the Jag, if the Jags had Shaquille Griffin on the field, I think we're having a different discussion because there's proper coverage going on. But the Jags are missing key cogs on defense. I'm going Falcons here. I think, I, I think they're, uh, they've got it under control. I, I'm taking Falcons here, but on Falcons, uh. Fun fact for uh, you, since you you like it. Um, um, guess who the number one ranked running back is in terms of PFF? Is it Cordero Patterson? It's Cordero Patterson. <laughs> now, this is the the issue with with PFF is is sample size because I do feel like certain players should be experiencing a drop off if they don't play. He only missed what one week. Well, he's about to. Miss, uh, I think he's missed two. He played. No, he played last week. Oh, did he play last week? Yeah, he only missed one week. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying is like like his grade didn't drop off from missing one week, and then early on in the season he didn't play until what week seven. You know, he's been he's been playing pretty much every week. Right, but he wasn't the starter till week seven, right? He's never. He's still never been the starter. I, I still don't think he leads the team in. in uh, he is used in just both passing and receiving and rushing and. Thanks for an interesting situation. Um, it's a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate it. <laughs> it's a weapon. <laughs> um, next up, we've got the Jets and the Texans. Uh, I'm going Houston here. I think Tyrod Taylor does enough to get it done. I'm going with Houston. The way they looked against Tennessee, I, I'm, I'm I'm there with you, so I'm taking Houston as well. Yeah, I'm going with the, the Texans. now if if. Flacco was playing this one. I, I would probably consider taking the Jets. I would go with the Jets if Flacco was in. I would. Um, next up, you got the Titans and the Patriots. I'm going with the Patriots here. I don't think the Titans have anyone of note that can can stop this Patriots team. I'm going with the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots too. I mean, if we're go back in time and tell our past selves that hey, 
You're gonna pick the Patriots over the Titans. Yeah. You call them crazy. It's just a mess. Um, next up, we got the Eagles and the Giants. I'm going with the Eagles. I think Jalen Hurts has himself another big game runner. I, I'm taking the Eagles, too. And then something I wanted to ask you is, do the Eagles win this division? No. I, I think this is Dallas's division. Even though Dallas is hitting a lull and they're hitting a rough spot right now, I still think this is Dallas's division. Dallas is going to win this division. and If the Eagles win, they'll be one game out. Yeah. But I, I do think it's gonna it'll be tight, but I think it's the, it's the Cowboys division. Do the Eagles make the playoffs? They could. I, I think it's very possible at this point, and they'll squeak in as like a seven seed. I don't think they're they're going higher than a seven or maybe maybe a six seed. But I, I don't see them going higher than that, and I don't see them going further than the the, the divisional round. Uh, next up, you got the Steelers and the Bengals. I'm going with the Bengals here. I think the Bengals have returned. They're hot. Steelers, they had a really good game, but I think the Bengals are better than the, the Chargers at this point in time. I'm going Bengals. I'm taking Bengals, too. I think Bengals end up being second in this division and playoffs. I, I think it's possible if Ravens can't figure this, this stuff out. Bengals could win this division still. Yes, they could. It's still really tight. And this is what we've always been talking about with the AFC being very kind of middle heavy. And it was, the AFC's middle heavy, but welcome back. I mean, we talked, we thought the NFC East was, or West was going to be it, but can can we can we officially say welcome back to being the best division in football, the AFC North? I don't know. I'd, I'd actually have to look at, at all the divisions. AFC North's worst worst team has six wins. I think I think the only other division that you're talking about that that can compete with them is the AFC West. AFC West, but mm. I think the Raiders and Broncos are 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 hard pretenders. They they could be. I I, I see the, the the Broncos. We we talked about it last week. I think they're a little bipolar, and and I I think the Broncos are. They show up one week and beat the crap out of the Cowboys, and then they come in the next week and they get the shit beat out of them by a nobody. So, I mean, I want to see what goes on with the Broncos. Uh, and then and then on top of it, the Raiders, I don't know that they're hard pretenders because they've won some really, really tough games, and they've played well. I think right now they're just having they're having a hard time with all the off-the-field stuff and the Henry Rugg stuff, but... I'd be remiss to say that, that Deshaun Jackson hasn't been something incredibly special for them coming in off the streets like that and they did just get the win over the cowboys uh, on thanksgiving so they're not done yet they're six and five right now so i there's there's a, a i think there is an argument to be had about the afc west possibly edging out the uh the uh the north there but we'll see we'll see how it and, and i see what you're saying i, I just I, I, I take Steelers and Browns over Raiders and Broncos. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I could see that. I, but I, I do think the Browns are on the downturn right now. Uh, next up, you've got the Bucks and the Colts. Bucks are, are favored to win, but I'm getting a little nervous about this game. I'm going to go with Brady and the Bucks, but I think this is going to be a really, really great game. This could be your game of the week here. Um. <laughs> I'm, I'm not taught I'm not I'm, I'm not tossed up on my pick I'm taking the Colts wow all right but what I'm I was about to say is 
was about to say that Colts are liable, even with a tough schedule ahead, or not. Oh, no, I'm, I can't. I can't do it. Can't do it. I was going to say the Colts won't lose another game this season. Wow. But they. But I can't say wow. that. They have, they have the Bucks. They have the Patriots. They have the Cardinals all on deck. Can't do it. But I do believe the Colts win this football game. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to double down and say it'll be by 10 points. I, I think I did. What? You think it's grabbed at 10 points? Two-score game. Woo! I, I agree the Colts have a really good shot to win. Um, and that's why I'm kind of tossed up on it. But I, it's, it's Brady. It's Tom Brady. And, and the Colts defense has been playing well. But, but I don't know. I don't know. That, that Brady offense, that, that Brady-led offense is just something. I, 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 I have to go with the Bucks here. They're favored. I'm just going to roll with the Bucks and hope for the best. Jonathan, it depends on Jonathan Taylor. Really. Really, it really depends on very, Taylor. It very much does it. And one of the analysts, uh, their bold prediction this week was that uh, uh, JT will have more yards than Tom Brady. Oh wow, that's bold as fuck. I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but I mean, the way he's been playing, you don't know. But I, I do believe, I do believe that that the uh, Colts are going to win this game. Wow. Ballsy. Ballsy. Uh, next up, you got the Panthers and the Dolphins. Carolina's favored in this situation. I, I am going to go with Carolina. I think Cam Newton gets his first uh, his uh, first victory as, as a Panther, or as a returning Panther, we'll say. Yeah, I, I'm taking Panthers here, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's going to be close, but... Yeah, I think Tua Tua has proven he's the heart and soul of that that Dolphins offense. So never thought I, I hear you say that. What was that? Never thought I hear you say that. I never thought I would be saying that, but he's he's shown all of a sudden like how of how much. See, and, here's the problem. I don't necessarily believe in Tua, but when I all you had to see was Jacoby Brissett come in and be bad, and then watch the change the the dynamic completely change. When Tua came onto the field, that game. oh no, I, I, and I agree, but it's just it's just weird. Like I would I would go as far as saying that we've been shittier on Bama quarterbacks than OSU quarterbacks. Yeah, and and, and that, here just, we are in the same show praising all three Bama quarterbacks that are currently playing. And and th- that's not to say I think that Tua is going to go out and have a a, a bust in camp. Okay. I'm oh no, not, and, and and I don't think so either. But I'm not in the same that. show, we've we've done nothing but praise all three. Yep, and we we have, and and I I can't crap on Tua and the way he played versus uh, um, versus the Ravens. For I mean, I mean, he came in with an injury and played well. And here we are, it must be freezing in hell right now. Yeah, I know. And we're we're, we're praising Tua, Hurts, and Mac Jones. Well, well, Hurts was Oklahoma. Was, wasn't he Alabama at one point? I, I don't know if he was Alabama. He was Oklahoma. He was an Oklahoma quarterback. But my point is is that these are all three quarterbacks that we didn't think were going to be anything spectacular or special. And here we are. You know, we are praising them. I, I'm never going to not praise bad or good play. Yeah, Hurst spent three, three of his three his four years in Alabama. Oh, That's okay. why. I'm, I'm never going to not praise good play. If a guy plays well, I'm going to praise him. You know, and, and if a guy plays like shit, 
I'm going to say it. There have been a lot of things where Tua Tungabailoa has not played well. And, and and Tua has given me a lot of reason, and you and me both, a lot of reason to not believe in that guy. Oh, I still believe that, that he doesn't finish, finish his career in Dolphins and, and he ends up on like eight different teams and ends up not starting. I still think he's a bust. But right now, he's playing well enough to get me and you talking good about him. Yeah, and then that's the big thing. That's the big thing here. So, I mean, I... I Right now, they believe they have their franchise quarterback, and that might very well be the case. We'll see if he improves, because we have seen it before, where players, quarterbacks in particular, will come in and they'll be bad the first two or three years, and then suddenly they blow the hell up. So we're going to see what happens with Tua, and if the game starts to slow down for him, as as uh, Boston Fields would say, and and we'll see if he, he starts to kind of come around. So that'll be exciting. Uh, next up, you got the Chargers and the Broncos. Chargers are six and four. Broncos are five and five. I'm going Chargers here. I know the Broncos like to play. The, these are one of. It's just like your division where the West plays. They play each other tough. Chargers are, and Broncos are going to play each other tough. I'm going with the the Chargers though. I don't think the Broncos have enough juice, and uh, I think Justin Herbert's coming off of that big high from uh, of yesteryear or of, uh, last week. I, I was about to say yesteryear, but last week. When, when he played really well against the Steelers. I'm going Chargers. I, th- I think this is Blowout Central. Really? I think Chargers um, dominate this one. Wow. wow. Blowout Central. Well, I'll, I'll remember that along the line. 17 of... points. 17 points. Oof. Oof. Golly. Uh, next up, this will be a fun game. I think this will be a lot tighter than a lot of people are predicting. Vikings and 49ers. I'm going with the Niners here. What? I wow. I'm, I know the Vikings are hot right now. They have, they're coming off of a two-game stretch where it's it's uh, you know it's a big deal. But I I I believe that the Vikings right now they, their run defense isn't great. Their front four they're they're starting all backups in that front four. And and I know Sheldon Richardson is a very 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 high end backup. I know he is. But. This is, this is a team that's a bad run defense, and you have a guy like Elijah Mitchell and Jermichael Hasty. and as much as I don't believe in Jermichael Hasty, the Vikings' run defense is bad. Um, I think the Niners play ball control football, smash mouth football that they did against the Rams. This is going to be a rinse and repeat Niners. I, I think that you're letting superstition get to your head, and you're realizing that the Vikings only win when you pick against them, so you're picking against them for, for the hopes that they win this game. <laughs> I think the Vikings dominate this game. I think the Vikings win this one. And and I hope they do. I will be in my home cheering for my boys, going wild. And I, I also want to point out, just as far as the Vikings go, if they win this game against the Niners. So we, we talked about how after their bye week in week seven, that the Vikings would have the hardest stretch coming out of the hardest five-game stretch out of any team in the NFL. And here we are. The Vikings coming out of that five game, the, the four of those five games, two and two. If they win that game, they'll be three and two coming off of that three game stretch. And then if you look at the games they have the rest of the season, it lightens up. It really does lighten up. Well, yes and no. Still got the Steelers, still got Rams and Packers. If you those think the three, Vikings, I, I think the Vikings can beat the Steelers. They got a tough one against the Rams, I agree. But then they've got they've got one against Detroit. They've got two against Chicago. I think this Vikings team, if they beat the 49ers this week, you could be talking about a six to five seed playoff team. 
I really think that that you. Well, no, I, I think you beat the Steelers, but it's gonna be a close game. It's, it's still gonna be one of your tough games. Yeah, and I also think that we're talking about, um, you know, if you if you look at the Packers situation, the Packers are eight and three right now. Vikings just beat them. They do have another game against them in Lambeau. Um, the the Packers are facing off against the Rams this upcoming week, and that's our next game I'm talking about. Um, I'm going with the Rams in this game. But uh, this this is a situation where things are going to get a little tight. And I, I think I think we're talking about the Rams. I, I'm going to take the Rams here, too. Yep. And I think the Packers and Vikings are going to get a little tight in this situation if the Vikings beat the Niners and the Rams lose again. Now we're talking six and five Vikings, eight and four Packers. Vikings gaining on the Packers a little bit in the division with games against Chicago, two two against Chicago, the Lions and Pittsburgh. It lightens up a lot for the Vikings. So you could be seeing a a duel for that division in the NFC North. But uh, as far as L.A. Rams and Packers go, I'm going with the Rams this week. I think it's going to be too much for uh, Aaron Rodgers and company, all the injuries they've been having. I think Stafford's starting to kind of find his 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 uh second year again i think i'm going rams uh sunday night football this one i know you're excited for ravens and browns baltimore's favorite to win this game i'm going with ravens i think that that baker mayfield is too rough he's a little rough around the edges i'm going ravens i i'm going ravens too i think uh lamar is going to be anxious to get back out there and he's gonna he's gonna i'm gonna say he's gonna put up 120 rush yards now, at what point do you think Lamar leaves the field to go take a dunk? I mean, it is prime time against the Browns. <laughs> the Browns. <laughs> I see what you did there. And uh, last but not least, Monday Night Football, Seattle and Washington. Um, fun game. I'm going Washington here. I, I think Seattle is, is a dumpster fire. They're uh, finally, they finally missed the playoffs. I am going with Washington here. I'm going Seattle. That's and I, I wouldn't blame you for it, to be honest. I, I yeah, think I, uh, I think Russell's hand's going to be a little bit better off right now, and it's going to be enough to get it done. Yeah, he's he's having a, a tough time, but I, I got to go Washington. I think Taylor Heineke, to be honest with you, has been playing really pretty well for the last couple of weeks, and he's had a couple of red hot games. He had a red hot one against Carolina. I got to go with Heineke here. I, I believe that the Washington Redskins are starting to dig themselves out of that hole they put themselves in. If they win this game, do you realize they'd be five and six? Mm-hmm. That puts them in the hunt. That's crazy. That's it's wild. So uh, yeah, I'm going with the, the Washington football team. You're going with Seattle. And with that, folks, those are your predictions for uh, Week 12 in the NFL season. Tyler, we are have another one in the books here kind of an exciting time we're nearing the end of the season i mean i know you and i are all making our our super bowl plans and putting things together for playoff time and super wild card weekend or sort of super wild card weekend because it's not really super anymore because they're putting a monday night game on but still i'll deal with it (laughs) but um yeah man we're, we're we're getting ready for playoff football we're getting ready for to have ourselves a good time i'm super excited aren't you I, I, I am too. And playoff time is always a, a fun time. It'll, it'll it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And uh, folks, I just wanted to give a shout out to our uh, sponsor at It's Your Time Massage. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. Check her out at iytmassage.com, or you can head over to It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. 
Uh, get yourself a, a massage. Tyler, you got to get yourself a massage soon, buddy. And um, also, big shout out to Face Kicked Apparel over at spacekickedapparel.com. You pick it, he sticks it. Sean Stockmeyer, he's one of the best in uh, all the land as far as shirts, hoodies, hats, beanies, anything you can ask for. You pick it, he sticks it at facekickedapparel.com. And uh, folks, that's all we've got for today. Tyler, I will uh, be speaking with you in the next uh, week or so here, and we'll be jumping into week 13 around the league. Hopefully we don't have any more craziness. And a fun fact, just before we go off the air, uh, this one is kind of fun. I want to throw it out there just because I know our boys, Alex and Andrew, are going to be listening to this. Um, the University of Michigan football team has defeated the Ohio State Buckeyes definitively i mean in, in a major way tyler hell of a football game old jim harbaugh finally exercises the demon so that's a good yep. time. Re resign him for 10 years 50 million a year do it <laughs> i want i want harbaugh say michigan because he's still a terrible head coach you hate him he, you he's won he's won one significant game his whole career in michigan let's face it you um, beat the buckeyes one time congratulations this is a Coach that was in the Super Bowl at one point. Yeah, and he because he, he had a good team. Yeah, I mean, and, well, he, he didn't get that team. That team would make the Super Bowl with or without Jim Harbaugh. Well, I don't know about that. Jim Harbaugh's the one that believed that 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 uh that Kaepernick was the answer. Let's be clear about that. Well, for a while, Kaepernick was until he started. Except all he wasn't. <laughs> Alex Smith did nothing to lose his job. He just wanted. He just wanted to wanted Kaepernick. Yeah, maybe that was the case. He has he has a ring if he if he if Alex Smith starts that Super Bowl, right? Maybe that might be the case. Like, yep, beating beating OSU once in twenty once every twenty years. I, I I guess that's a that's a worthy thing. Sure, go for it. Hey, it's next time. Just just let people enjoy things, Tyler. Let people enjoy things. <laughs> Golly, let people enjoy it. Alex and Andrew are out there enjoying it. I, I yeah, about, go know, enjoy it. Resign your head coach for, for, for life. Do it. I want you to. I want Jim Harbaugh to, to, to remain in Michigan for the next lifetime. Let people enjoy things, Tyler. Golly. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy your head coach. He's, he, he's, he's the greatest, greatest coach in, in college football. <laughs> but, folks, uh, thank you so much for listening. We are so glad uh, that Tyler hates Michigan so much as a Michigan State flunky. And uh, – Folks, thank you for thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com/backslash/theoutsideblitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.